Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go One. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. David, hello. Jess, hello. Dave, hello. How good is it to be alive? It's one of the best things to be alive. I love December. It's the most festive time of year outside of block. That's and- right. It's a real, like, sort of slow curve <laughs> yeah. out yeah. of block. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ease yourself out of block. Yeah. We've got the Christmas season, then the New Year's season, uh, and then, you know. Back to. Back to. Really? Like bullshit, I guess. Nine months of horrible months. Depression. But, but blocks. The beauty of block now being two months long mm. means that we're only ever ten months away from a block. That's right. At the, the countdown most. begins yep. January first. <laughs> yes. So so soon. This, mm. But this is the furthest time bet- between blocks right now. Yes. First week out of block. That's true. Ugh. But what a great year we've had. What a great <laughs> year. The top nine this year. Mm. My goodness. All bangers. And Dave. We got you to do this week's episode because we are like, we can't have a, a hard landing. We can't crash back down to earth. We need to go out of block with a bang. Mm-hmm. And ha- have you done that? Before you get into it, Jess, do you want to explain what the show is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, if you're just joining us, you've joined us at the end of our most blocktacular time of year. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's no time to explain what that means. Um, go back to the last nine episodes and yeah, we'll that, answer it. They're probably better than this one. No, there's no, no way. No, no, no. no. This is classic. It's <laughs> basically the 10th Beatle. <laughs> Mm. Well, what this show is, is each week one of the three of us uh, researches a topic usually suggested by a listener. We go away, we write up a little report about it, we bring it to the other two who listen respectfully, politely, and never go on inane, bullshitty riffs. <laughs> Ever. Um, we never mock each other, um, and no fun is had. No. And we always- We certainly don't ever be ironic. No, no, no. We or say interrupt. what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> and we usually start with a question. Dave, okay. do you have a question? My question is, three of my topics this year, 2022, have been based in which European country? I've had a little obsession with this place. Ooh, can you say it again? Three of my topics this year. Have been based in which European Italy. country? I was going to say Italy, but not Italy. Where was Mount Vesuvius again? That's that was Italy. Italy. Okay. I know you're always obsessed with Iceland. We haven't mentioned it enough this year, but mm. big What's shout out. What have you done this year? Yeah, nothing. What have you done? <laughs> not just with your year, but with your life. What about en français? Oui, oui, senor. Is it français? It's France. Oh. France, France is it's the France. answer. Uh, why stop there? Let's go for four. Okay, you, great. You do love France. God, you love France. You love French culture. Been there twice this year. Love it. France. It's funny in the uh, <laughs> the East Coast accent, isn't it? I love France. France. I love the way they dance. <laughs> South Australia? France. Oh. You know? Oh, that's I the see. difference. France. France, that's classier. France. Western Australia say France, I believe. France. Oh, France. Yeah. Oh, we're going to France in the uh, summertime. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yes, we might pop over to France. For a dance. Uh, yeah, have a dance in France. If we have the chance. <laughs> Maybe we'll hit up the slopes, uh, you know, just uh, have a good time. Maybe ride a goat. We'll see if there's any goats around. We might have a little ride on a goat. I think he's lost the, <laughs> yeah, he's lost the I think now. At the, at the, when he hits slope, he <laughs> lost it for me. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought maybe he could recover it, and he couldn't, and that's that's on me well, for thinking he could. He got I, distracted. I think <laughs> I was doing a different riff, and you've come in uh, doing a rhyming riff. I was just doing a posh right. South Australian and riff. Posh people ride goats. Yes, on slopes. <laughs> slopes. <laughs> Love hitting the slopes. Uh, the other three topics: Joan of Arc, the Concorde, and the Le Mans. Disaster. Right. But I'm going for a fourth topic, and I don't want to give away the topic title just yet, but this one was suggested by one person, that is a very French person. Okay. JJ Sweeney from Cardiff in Wales. Uh, Thank you so yes. much. JJ. JJ Sweeney. Cardiff, the Frenchest part of Wales. Mm. <laughs> like, the Paris. It, yeah, they call it Little Paris. <laughs> I call it Big Paris. Yeah. And what I do you call, call I actual call, Paris? Well, I call it Little Cardiff. Yeah. That's better. That makes more sense, actually. Uh, this one was voted for by our Patreon supporters. Our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> and uh, to them we say merci beaucoup for your uh, your input. Ugh, you aren't very good at French. Not like me. <laughs> beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Oh, God. Uh, oui, oui. Um, merci beaucoup. French Croissant. or French-speaking uh, listeners? Gonna hate this episode. Sorry, aren't they? with apologies. But Dave means it with love. What do you mean it with? Hate, <laughs> scorn, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> These French fucks. Now nah, I love them. Good on them. Got some great French listeners. And to them, I say, Buongiorno. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thankfully, Jeez. they all speak many languages, yeah. so I'll get that. <laughs> they get that one. 
Let me paint a scene. It's August 1951. Paint it like a famous French artist, Monet. Well done. Oh, did he? Well done, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering, is he going to go for this? Is he going to go for this? Oh, that's sick. Well, oh, me, uh, I'm done for the day. I was going to say paint me like one of your French girls. Well, well, well that's, that oh that's very What's that too. got to do with anything? <laughs> It's August. It's 1951. Over in the US, the first baseball game televised in color has just been broadcast. People watching glorious full spectrum as the Boston Braves beat Brooklyn Dodgers 8-1. to In Australian baseball news, New South Wales have just won their sixth Claxton Shield. Also this month, future MLB All-Star John Stearns was born. What can I say? It was a big month. For baseball. Stansy, that year. Bloody hell. Also, Daryl Summers was born this month. Wow. Is this report about baseball? Is it about Daryl Summers? But over in the town of (laughs) Pont Saint-Esprit in southern France, they weren't worried about baseball or Mr. Daryl Summers. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's not a way to live. What a weird red herring that is. (laughs) On the 16th of August, 1951, postman Leon Amunier was doing his normal rounds on his bicycle when suddenly... He became overwhelmed, first by nausea, and then wild hallucinations. He was overwhelmed and fell off his bike in terror. He later recalled, it was terrible. I had the sensation of shrinking and shrinking, and the fire and the serpents coiling around my arms. Holy moly. He was taken to hospital in nearby Avignon, by which point he had become so delirious that he was put in a straitjacket. I actually kind of, maybe... (laughs) I I don't know if I'm if this is a controversial take. I wouldn't mind trying a straitjacket. <laughs> okay. I think it would be kind of comforting, a bit like a swaddle for a baby. Oh, you know I what I mean? Like just get me all wrapped up and give myself a little cuddle. Do oh. you think maybe that I think that could be something, you know, we do. Maybe we start a business, a sort Adult of a retreat. Souls? Yeah. Or well, a straitjacket retreat, right? Oh. You go to the retreat um, we just straight jacket you up and put you in a dark room and you pay thousands of dollars for it. You do. Just. Like like pitch black or like dimly lit as in like mood lighting? Uh, what's better? I would I would like some mood lighting. Well, we're trying to cut costs. Yeah, we can't afford lighting. Okay, I don't want to go to this retreat. All right, no, we'll, we'll dim the lights. Yeah, I just want like just like a calming room. We just want to whatever the lowest thing you'll accept is, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah there was a thing last month. Where there was a company that was uh, hit the news because they were offering to bury you alive. Nope. For $90,000. Absolutely not, no. And the whole point of it was you come out of there being thankful to be alive. Oh, wow. But you know you're coming out of there. Yes. I feel like you so, could pay someone less than that. That's what I thought too. That's a that's steep. But if people are willing to pay that, I reckon we could probably charge about nine grand for the straitjacket idea. Yeah. I reckon I could just go to like a day spa and get a massage or something yeah. and lie in a dark room. Will you come out of that feeling grateful? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll do and that. It, like it's, you... a, it's a dimly lit room and yeah. there's nice music and it smells nice. Jess, why have you turned on this? This was your idea. <laughs> I just <laughs> said I wouldn't mind a straitjacket. Just wrap yourself up in a blanket or put a dressing gown on backwards. Oh, yes. <laughs> Get your partner to tie it behind your back. Oh, here we go. Oh, cosy. Feels nice and cosy. Can I go home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. i got to try something out. I did not bring my <laughs> dressing gown in. Oh. My robe. <laughs> so this postie, Leon, he's been put in a straitjacket. 
And he wasn't the only one in the room experiencing hallucinations, for he shared a room with three teenagers who had been chained to their beds to keep them under control and stop them from hurting each other. Leon recalled, Some of my friends tried to get out of the window. They were thrashing wildly, screaming, and the sound of the metal beds and the jumping up and down, the noise was terrible. The strangest thing was, as time went by, this wasn't an isolated incident in the town. What the heck was happening at Pont Saint-Esprit? Let's find out. Whoa. Wow. Pont Saint-Esprit? Pont Saint-Esprit? Yeah. So you said? Pont. Pont. Saint. Saint-Esprit. Esprit. Spelled Pont Saint-Esprit. And what does Pont mean? Bridge. And what does Saint mean? Saint. Saint. And what does Spree mean? Esprit. Great brand. Spirit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a esprit. great brand. Loved it. Yeah. Had a matching Esprit, esprit. tracksuit as a kid. Really? Loved Ooh. it. I was uh, more of a Fiorucci okay. type child. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know that one. Do you remember that name? No. I was more of a sweat hog. Sweat <laughs> 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 Oh, nothing but the best. <laughs> Sweat hog. There was a, uh, a seconds outlet near where I grew up. So Wow, so you didn't even get first Sweathog. <laughs> what? Last oh, season's oh, Sweathog. Oh, la da you got, <laughs> you got non-damaged Sweathog? <laughs> Pre-sweated Sweathog. Oh, wow. Not secondhand, just the stuff that was, you know, like the there were printing mistakes and stuff on them. Spelling errors. They said the sweet hog. <laughs> sweet hog. I was getting around to the boy. Sweet, sweet hog. Sweet hog. <laughs> yeah, people kept telling you, hey, sweet hog. Hey, sweet hog. Oh, thank you. This is, thank you. This is strange, but thank you so much. <laughs> well, let's rewind a little, and I can paint you a picture this time, not about baseball, but this time about Pont Saint-Esprit itself. Is there any reason you did those baseball things? I just Googled what happened in okay. 1951, gotcha. and only baseball things came up, and Daryl Summers. And I was like... This would be a bit of fun to, to reference baseball. I, I couldn't believe there was an Australian baseball league yeah. back then. So I looked up, there's a, a like a list of Australian ev- events and then you click sporting events. I'm like, surely something happened. And the only thing that happened in the month was New South Wales won the Claxton Shield, which Claxton I've never so heard great. of. Claxton, Cla- I love. I've never even heard of. But there you go. So found in southern France, Pont Saint-Esprit is situated on the River Rhone. And again, apologies to French people. And is the site of a historical crossing... Hence its name, Pont, meaning bridge. bridge. A saint crossed this bridge. Ah. The town is about 120 kilometers north of Marseille on the Mediterranean. It's so funny when like a name like that sounds so cool and fancy. Ooh, Pont, <laughs> Pont Esprit or whatever. Nailed it. But, and it, but it's like, saint crossed that bridge. Yeah. It's just like, it's so childish. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's just like a uh, red tree and stuff like that. Ooh, it sounds so fancy. I don't know how to say red tree. Dave, say red tree in French, but I bet you it sounds fancy. Rouge. Tree. <laughs> Albert. Ab, or I, to say I went to visit Rouge Albert. Ooh, that sounds fancy. wonder what that means. Red tree. Because <laughs> there was a red tree there once. Now the town's named Red Tree. <laughs> red tree's not there anymore. <laughs> no, the what tree's about- gone, but the town remains. Porc de Seur. Sweat hog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Pock de Sur. Oh, I didn't realize you were wearing designer brands. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is Pont Saint Esprit. It's, it's quite a small place. And if you're wondering if any celebs have ever lived there, I am. Well, let me tell you. According to a French celebrity website I found called wikipedia.org, okay. I believe it's pronounced. It means something in French, I assume. Yeah, sweat hog. Something about feet. <laughs> 
Pont Saint-Esprit is famous as the town of origin of Michael Bouvier, a cabinet maker who was the ancestor of John Vernal Bouvier III, who's the father of Jacqueline Kennedy. Holy oh. moly. So the first lady's dad was related to a guy who made furniture there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the big time. Holy Whoa. shit. Holy crap. Jesus. I just want you to know that this is a this pretty big deal. This goes all the way to the top. This is a big deal. Yeah. But it's a pretty small place. Only about 4,000 people resided there in the early 1950s. Okay. And in 1951, they were put on the map by an incident that the town is still most famously associated with. I think they've tr- they've tried to rebrand a few times, including like, Look like, at this big red tree. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> this cabinet maker lives here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're named after a saint crossing a bridge. I know. How big of an event could this be to usurp that? Well, on August 15th, 1951, dozens of townsfolk became ill. At oh, first, yeah. You've already told us what happened. <laughs> the postman thing. Yeah, the postman. I've forgotten about him. He's one. Of many. Whoa. At first, the people complained of nausea and stomach pain, weak blood pressure and faint pulses, cold sweats and low temperatures. Sort of, you know, maybe it's a gastro, Mm. maybe it's a flu, what's going on? Sounds like a whole town of sweat hogs here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they reported terrible insomnia and apparently one of the symptoms was they smelled terrible. Someone described the odour emanating from them as like that of a dead mouse. <laughs> Sweat hog. Very specific. Yeah, dead that mouse. is so specific. What would make you stink? Yeah. Just sweating it like out. Like a the- dead mouse. Like that's a small thing. To, if you think <gasps> awful things to smell would be like a dead cat Min- or a dead dog. Minimum size Some big- cat. Yeah, you're right. Like just a dead mouse, you're like maybe getting faint whiffs of that in the roof. Like, yeah. Oh. But maybe, maybe that's why they're talking about it, because they, if a mouse dies in your walls, it could be there for a long time when you uncover it's awful, maybe. Maybe that had been happening a lot in this town. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm extrapolating Let's a little speculate. <laughs> the officers of the town's two local doctors began to fill, and over the hours that passed, the symptoms of the sick became worse and worse. The sick grew to the hundreds, and for most, these already horrific ailments were the end of it, but for others, it was only just beginning. Because then came the most terrifying symptom, the hallucinations. Right. One of the town's two doctors would name the night the Apocalyptic Night, as dozens of people experienced nightmarish hallucinations, convulsions, and swollen limbs that felt as if they were burning for oh, the people. Ow. And the, the, I thought the most fascinating one the post he had was, he felt like he was shrinking. Shrinking, yeah. yeah. Isn't that, that interesting? Wild. Were they actually shrinking? No. Okay. But everything else was growing, so it felt like. (laughs) (laughs) The red tree was getting bigger and bigger. Everything's allergic. Relax. You're staying the same size. (laughs) Everything's okay. (laughs) Mayor Albert Hubbard described the events to the press. He said, I have seen healthy men and women suddenly become terrorized, ripping their bedsheets, hiding themselves beneath their blankets to escape hallucinations. Ripping their (laughs) bedsheets. Why is the mayor in their bedroom? Yeah. Why do you know that? What's he doing there? What, what a weird combo of things to do. Rip your bed sheets and then hide under the blanket. Yeah. Why it's like we just ripped it. Yeah. We, we just, ripped, ripped you, the sheet. Blankets are fine. Yeah, true. It's hard to rip a blanket. It's harder to rip. Otherwise, yeah. I bet they would have ripped it and yeah. then been like, oh, now I can't hide I under it. I know where to hide. And now I'm suddenly cold. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have ripped your blanket. Tell you what. I, uh... One of the symptoms is being a little irrational, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Things went absolutely wild in the town. These are some of the reports of the hallucinations over the days that followed. So for days, people started experiencing these kinds of things. Wow. A little girl screamed as she was chased by man-eating tigers. That's what she saw. Okay. 
A woman sobbed about how, how her children had been ground into sausages. Oh, my God. Uh, that, that, one, that one's a bit funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're sausages. I'm imagining cartoon sausages. I think that's why. The specificity. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. they're still living in the yeah, sausages. Yeah, they're just like, they're mother, gonna... <laughs> I'm off to school. <laughs> I'm a pork and fennel. Yeah. <laughs> Mum, I'm a pork and fennel. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. She starts tearing her hair out. A large man fended off terrific beasts by smashing his own furniture. Good. A husband and wife ran around chasing each other with kitchen knives. That one, that's less... That, no. Bro, I thought I was going to get you with that one. Uh, no, because that could end quite badly, couldn't yeah, it? Could. Depends on what kind of kitchen knives. A butter knife? Butter knife, yeah. I'd or do just that like a normal, normal ta- like table knife. Is that what you call a normal knife? Yeah, table knife. I love how putting table at the front of something makes it just the normal one. Why not just normal? Normal knife, normal spoon. Yeah. Tablespoon. Tables is that a phrase? Yeah. There's a tablespoon, teaspoon. It's fucked me up so much. There, I don't think there's table knife. What's tablespoon? Tablespoon's just the big spoon. That's a tablespoon. Okay. The I'll... one in the middle of like for serving a salad or something. No, that's a salad spoon. Of course tablespoon. Oh my spoon. god, am I hallucinating? <laughs> tablespoon. Tablespoon. Teaspoon. That's You're just right. a, that's just a unit yeah, isn't of measurement. Yeah, that weird, but, so, but it... for some reason I was putting a pause in between table but anyway, that threw me I'm, off. They, I this made, is like the sugar bowl all over oh again. God, I tried to make a, a cake or something. I can't remember what it was. Maybe pancakes or something. Yep. And yeah, that I I I'm like, wait, what's a tablespoon? What's a teaspoon? Oh, but yeah. It was obvious. Like I had to Google it. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, the teaspoon's a little one you'd mm. have for tea. But I'm, I'm the same. But I also because they shorten it to TPS and TBS, yes, and that I'm like, yeah. hang on a second, I've really what's got to think going about this. On here? <laughs> Tablespoon. Tablespoon. It just seems stupid. Unless the spoon has legs that pop out and it can form a table, then... Yeah, don't call yourself a tablespoon. Don't call yourself a tablespoon. Yeah, it's like, you know, like a splayed is a combination. Yeah. I just want to just quickly mention as well that for the many people who are inevitably going to... I'm actually uh, Matt and Dave here. Can you leave me out of that tweet? (laughs) What's the I'm actually? That there'll be a reason why it's called a tablespoon and a teaspoon... Oh, wow. Wow, okay. Yeah. I re- yeah, it's just because it's on the table. Yep. And it's on the tea. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Nailed Do you guys it. call dinner tea? Uh, did growing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I also did growing up, but never Not anymore. anymore. Yeah, never now anymore. it's dinner. Having tea. I yep. think I still call it tea. Tea time. Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder why that is. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we, we do that growing up. But now I just yeah, call for, it dinner. What's for tea? What's yeah, for what's tea? for tea? What's for dinner? Will we be home for tea? Yeah, 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 I'll be home after tea. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tea. But I also used to eat at like six o'clock. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> you did grow up with your nana and pop. That's right. Mm. And then you went and worked at a job for a long time where you didn't get home until like eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, that's right. Now I had dinner at nine, nine thirty <laughs> now. Yeah. I, I'll have dinner sometimes. I find myself eating dinner at midnight. I'm like, well, I've stuffed today. <laughs> oh, no. I've made a huge mistake. What have I done? <laughs> How do get to this? <laughs> All right, more hallucinations. A worker called Gabriel Valadere tried to drown himself because his belly was being eaten by snakes. Whoa. He said, I am dead and my head is made of copper and I have snakes on my stomach and they are burning me. That's, that's how he described the feeling. Whoa. Oh, that's full on. He repeatedly screamed before attempting to throw himself in the river. Fortunately, wow. he did not drown. A 60-year-old grandmother threw herself against the wall and broke three of her own ribs. <gasps> A man saw his heart escaping through his feet and beseeched a doctor to put it back in place. 
Someone's put LSD in the water or something. Yeah. Near the Rhone River, a man, convinced that he was a circus tightrope walker, attempted to balance his way across the cables of a suspension bridge. How wild is that? That's crazy. And succeeded? No news on that. (laughs) No news on that. Let's say succeeded. Yeah. Well, he didn't die, so. Yeah, I believe. So then he succeeded. succeeded. Like, if he hadn't succeeded, then he'd be dead. So if he's not dead, he He succeeded. succeeded. Yeah. Ipso facto. The people having these violent hallucinations had to be tied to beds or put in straitjackets for their own protection because they were, you know, hurting themselves, including our postie Leona mentioned earlier. Sadly, the attempts to restrain the people often added to the patient's agitation. Yeah, I can imagine. Because they're that. already in a highly panicked state and yeah. now they can't move and they're like, you know, absolutely hallucinating. That's all pretty awful stuff, but I am pleased to say some started hallucinating in a more positive way. Okay. According to the New York Times, some heard heavenly choruses, saw brilliant colours. The world looked beautiful to them. Oh, that's great. That's nice. Mental Floss notes it was an especially productive experience for the head of the local farmer's co-op who began writing hundreds upon hundreds of pages of luminous poetry. Wow. It was a real inspo. Hundreds of pages. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. That kind of reaction. happy with that, yeah. Yeah, I'd love some some productivity. So imagine you write so much poetry, people are like, mate, I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm going to have to chain you to a bed. Yeah, it's too much poetry. This is dog shit. (laughs) We could have stopped this. But he said luminous, or Mental Floss said luminous, Mm. and that seems... Luminous poetry. That seems positive. Mm. But not everyone... Or was it luminous because it was so bad you'd light it on fire, (laughs) creating (laughs) creating some light? Lumination. Is that what luminous means? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. But not everyone that were having bad hallucinations could be helped in time, and for most it was pretty horrific. Again, according to Mental Floss, that has a long list of hallucinations people had... Um, one man leapt from a window, broke two legs, stood up, and then continued running. Oh, so, very geez. injured. <laughs> That's what he oh, sounded like as he ran. Freaking, oh, oh, kept running. Oh. Imagine bones are sticking out quick, pretty soon, right? Whoa. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, that live commentary. <laughs> live. Whoa, yikes. Somebody stop this guy. It was even reported that a man believed, believed himself to be an aeroplane and died by jumping from a second-story window. Oh, believed himself to be an aeroplane. Imagine that. That would be your dream, Dave. Well, to believe that I'm an aeroplane. Not yeah, to be one. To be the Concorde. Yeah. Oh, wow. You'd have to ha- soar high than two become stories. wings. Your head, a cockpit. Oh, wow. My face becomes a droop snoot. <laughs> yeah. It lowers <laughs> for landing. <laughs> droop snoot. My droop snoot. But surely we did that. I think we did. Surely, come I on. I think we did. Wow. <laughs> Finally. That's why I, I, I was like, I'm going to keep doing French topics until one of us nails it. We've done it. <laughs> With droop snoot, baby. Steps Club 7. <laughs> Steps Club. <laughs> Ain't no like a Steps, Steps Club, Club party. party. <laughs> so there's various reports. I will say there's conflicting numbers, but most people say over the next few days, five people, including an otherwise healthy 25 year old man, died. A lot of a few old elderly people died from, mm. from this incident. Five in total is usually the number that people say. Right. So it's horrific. Something terrible has happened. Mm-hmm. People immediately began searching for answers. 
What had caused the outbreak of sickness and nightmarish hallucinations? Well, many early theories were put forward. The New York Times notes that people at the time were asking, was the fact that the arm of a statue of the Virgin had been torn off during a storm the previous May? Was that an omen of divine retribution? No. I don't think so. Some people are saying that. So this this happened in August, and in May, several months earlier, a storm had damaged a statue several months earlier. Yeah. And they've gone, today's the day. And um, <laughs> Got around to it, you know? Yeah. Imagine, so a storm damaged it. Yeah, not the people. Which is divine. Yeah. Surely. So why punish mo- the people? Surely you'd punish yourself. I hope they're hallucinating upstairs as well. Well, this is... That's my- probably all they're doing up there, you know what I mean? Sitting around. You've got nothing but time. Yeah. What else would you do? And yet you wait till August. Yeah. True. Well, they'd probably, yeah, they probably did it to themselves first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Took a while to recover. I'm going to I'm going to say it's probably not that one. Well, that's actually my number one theory, so. Okay. Well, you and I are different people, so. Okay. Well, here's another 20 paragraphs about the Virgin Mary. <laughs> no, not true. <laughs> Your favorite Mary because you are a virgin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, solidarity, sister. <laughs> Got him. Two local doctors investigated the epidemiology of the disease, and fairly quickly, the culprit was something the French are still famous for. Their Wine. Br- bread. Bread. Bread, <laughs> cheese. Yeah, okay, they've got a few things. Yeah, because you, you would sort of be going, okay, well, it's it's affected all of these people. What's something that they could have all come in contact with? Mm. So you would be go- going like something in water. Air. Yeah. Mm. Is it some sort of gas leak? Uh, the Virgin Mary obviously lost her hand three months ago. So let's look into that quite rigorously. <laughs> We've all got hands. Bread. Something with the yeast. Yes. Yeah, so because, you know, there's a town of 4,000 and 400 people have gone down with sickness. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be a, some sort of yeast infection? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> On the 19th of August, so this is a few days later, they came to the conclusion that bread was to blame. All patients interrogated had purchased their bread from Roche Briand's bakery. Everyone had purchased their bread from Wacky Will's <laughs> hallucinatory bakery or Come down and try the mystery bread. <laughs> I found it on a truck. I found Whoa, have a go. Have a go. I've had some and I feel a bit weird. I've got to say, though, having had 400 customers... <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty that's good, right? That's a great time. I mean, even like, like you know, let's say it's not 400. It's, you know, it might be people within the same family. Mm. That's still, you know, you know, you'd feel pretty good. 100 customers in a day. That's a great day that's for a That's bloody great. A for a bakery. Yeah. Fantastic. You're in doing a town really well. of what, 5,000? 4,000 people. 4,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Like those odds. Yeah. You're yeah. Doing so great. 10% of the town have been to your bakery. Fantastic. I'd take that. But though. Famous for their bread. They love bread. They love bread. Mm. So you got to get bread somewhere. Maybe there's 10 bakeries. They've got an even split. I don't know. That'd be nice. They love a French stick over there, don't they? They love a French stick. I reckon that's their favourite kind of bread is a French stick. Yeah. That's all they eat. (laughs) French sticks. They love a French stick. A little bit of French onion dip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love French onion dip. Or as they call it, French onion dip. They (laughs) probably don't have that. (laughs) The summer of 1951 was unusually wet, and that year's rye crop was expected to fall short. Earlier in the month, the baker, Roche Briard, had received a supply of strangely grey flour. <sighs> it seemed a bit off, but at the time, the, the government had control over the grain supply chain. It seemed a bit off, but oh well. <laughs> well, this is the reason. Grey doesn't, I don't know enough about flour, but grey sounds like a bad colour for most yeah. foods. It's a bit off, isn't it? Though at the time, the system did not allow the bakers to choose which millers they would work with even if they discovered flaws in the flour. 
Low-quality flour would often be sent from faraway regions, and when it arrived, if the baker wanted to complain about the quality of flour, they'd have to shut up shop for multiple days until a union chemist could come by and test it. Understandably, when this is your livelihood, people didn't want to do this. So he's like, all right, I I guess I use this crappy flour. This is what I've been given. And this is only a few years after World War II, so there's still pretty poor, a lot of austerity going on. So he's like, all right, if I complain about this flour, you know, I don't get paid this week, so I'm going to bake. The bread was an early theory, and local bakers were briefly shut down as the media stirred up a bit of hysteria. The Paris Press wrote at the time, The baker whom we visit every day, the grocer we go to regularly, are they not, after all, maniacs or potential killers (laughs) of whom we must be aware? Are they not, after all, maniacs? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Makes you think. Yeah, that's a real, that feels, that's a very level headed response to this. A few people have gotten sick from this baker, so is everyone trying to kill you? It did. That feels like a, like a current affair ad or something. Yeah, that's yeah. also well, like if they were trying to kill you, I reckon they would have used poison. Yeah, not a an hallucinogenic. They not grey flour. <laughs> so the local baker responsible was declared to be Roche Briard, who had opened the flour and saw it was grey. Looked a bit wrong, but he had no other means of making that morning's baguettes and proceeded to bake and sell his wares as usual. Is that how it's pronounced? Baguette. But is it, uh, is, do the French, because I know you've been to France a lot, do Thank the you. French say baguettes? I do. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I just thought, I'm like, is this another one Matt, of those words I say Matt wrong? Matt looked at me so concerned he was going crazy <laughs> because neither, I hadn't said anything either. And he looked at me like, what? What's happening? I've been making a fool of myself. I thought my perfect French accent was getting everything right. Baguette. That's why I stay safe and call them French sticks. <laughs> yeah. One French stick, mate. Yeah. Sorry. I've, uh, I, I, I emphasize the, uh, the first syllable there a little too much. But anyway, he's baked his bread. He's baked as usual. So that's what's happened. What kind of bread? Baguette. <laughs> Baguette. Baguette. On the 23rd of August, so this is all happening within, within about a week, a judge of inquiry opened a formal investigation and tasked Commissaire George Segoe with finding the cause of the mass poisoning event. The tainted bread made by Briand was only made with four ingredients, flour, yeast, water, and salt. All of the ingredients but the flour could be easily discounted as the source of the illness. So, like, it's not the water because everyone's been drinking the water. It's not the yeast or the salt. They've discounted those. The flour, it must be the flour. That's what Mm. they've decided. The main theory was that the bread had resulted in ergot poisoning or ergotism in those that ingested it. Ah, they got ergot. They got the ergot. (laughs) (laughs) Emmy. What are the other ones? Oscar, Tony. But we've got to get an R in there as well. Oh. Razzy. Razzy. Oh, yeah. How to get a, an Oscar and a Razzy would be some. Year. So I wonder if there's anyone who's got the Razzy plus the Egot. Oh, that'd be amazing. I reckon there'd be, yeah, there'd, there'd be definitely some who've done, got positive and negative ones. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think the full Egot. Yeah, I think when Halle, Halle Berry won, so she'd already won an Oscar by the time she won a Razzie, I think she turned up at the ceremony with her Oscar statue That's pretty to funny. accept it. Very funny, Halle. Very funny. Now, while Matt does a bit of a Google, I'll tell you what ergotism is. Please. Ergotism is a form of poisoning from ingesting grains, 
typically rye that have been infected by, and here we go, a bit of science talk here. I'm going to attempt this. The Aser... As... The Asomas... <laughs> Fuck it, it's a, fu- it's a fungus. <laughs> it's a fungus. <laughs> a, a fungus called Claviceps purpurae. Okay. <laughs> I really, I was, I, I can't even pronounce baguette. How am I going to fucking <laughs> yeah, say this word? can't say it. Hey, Dave, I've got good news. Two EGOT winners are also Razzie winners. <laughs> They're EGOTs. Who are they? Composer Alan Menken recently won a Daytime Emmy Award for Best Original Song in a Children's Young Adult or Animated Program, blah, blah, blah. Great. Uh, which officially made him a member of the elite group of people who've scored an EGOT. Those, uh, oh, no. Uh, however, Menken joined an even more exclusive club at the same time. Individuals with a regot, <laughs> those who have won a Golden Raspberry yeah, Award, aka a Razzie, as well as the standard EGOT. Uh, explains what a Razzie is. Oh my God. So Menken, how does Menken win? A- what do they say? Worst song? Yeah. A Razzie for worst mm. song? That seems brutal. Uh, Menken received his Razzie for the song High Times, Hard Times from the musical Newsies in 1993. Uh, the same year he won an Oscar for Best Original <laughs> Song for A Whole New World for from Aladdin. Wow, big year. Uh, this feat made him the first person in history to score a Razzie and an Oscar in the same year. Liza Minnelli was the other one. She oh. got her Razzie in 1988 for Arthur II on The Rocks and Rent-A-Cop. She won her Emmy in 1973. Uh, I and, didn't you know, know they did an Arthur II. Wow. Arthur 2 on the rocks. Oh, that's bad. Arthur 2 back in the habit would have been way better. Way better. I think on the rocks is my new sequel thing. On the, the rocks. rocks. Okay. Is that, is that beat Secret of the Ooze? Yes. Uh, no, Secret of the Ooze is pretty good. Yeah. I think it, it beats my standard, which is Judgment Day. Oh, oh yeah. Judgment Day is pretty but good. Arthur 2 Judgment Day is pretty funny. That is, that's perfect. On the rocks. On the so rocks. they've said a regot, but we're going with ergot. Ergot. Yes. 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 So you get ergotism from ingesting grains that have been infected by this fungus. According to the Smithsonian, ergot is a parasitic fungus that thrives on rye under certain climate conditions. Right. Cold winters followed by an especially rainy growing season, which is what they had, and uh, it and manifests itself as oversized violet grains protruding from the head of the plant. Lysergic acid, the active component in the fungus, was used to create LSD. Oh, so it has a sort of relation to LSD, mm. which we learned a bit about Dave on a on a podcast recently. That's right, we were a, a guest on the Psy Guys podcast, which is a lot of fun, and we're going to talk more about LSD and uh, oh. we talked about it on that episode in just a few moments. <laughs> Epidemics of ergotism were identified throughout history, recorded as early as eight hundred and fifty-seven, so quite a long time ago. A great plague of swollen blisters consumed the people by a loathsome rot so that their limbs were loosened and fell off before death. Oh, is that what happened to the statue of Virgin Mary? Maybe, yes. Ergotism. Because apparently it it gives you these hallucinations, but it can also, if you have a terrible dose of it, uh, cause blood vessels to constrict and you get gangrene in your extremities. And then bits of, you know. Your body falls Fall off. off your legs. Well, your toes, then your foot, that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you don't treat the gangrene. So Ooh. it's really awful stuff. Awful. In the Middle Ages, the gangrenous poisoning was known as Holy Fire or St. Anthony's Fire, named after monks of the Order of St. Anthony who were particularly successful at treating the ailment. So, yeah, a 
Holy Fire or St. Anthony's Fire. It's a, it's a badass name. Mm. It also possibly links back to a couple of our previous topics, one being the Salem Witch Trials. Some historians have even suggested that the erratic behaviour in several young Puritan girls was brought on by ergot poisoning, although this is heavily debated. Yeah, right. So some people say that's a theory, so why they were acting that way. Some people say it's a theory. Bloody hell. Can you believe that? But I'm yes. closing the book on it. That's enough for me. The other previous report topic is the Dancing Plague of 1518, ah. which some argue, again, was brought on by food poisoning caused by the toxic and psychoactive chemical products. But this wasn't hundreds of years ago. This was 1951 that this happened in. Yeah, the same year that uh, that team won the... <laughs> That's like the, the, Crocs, Claxton. the Claxton Cup. Mm. Yeah, the same year Daryl Summers was born. Holy yeah. shit. The so- world changed that day. <laughs> <laughs> For better or worse, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Only time will tell. The jury's still out. <laughs> <laughs> Several investigations were conducted by law enforcement and medical experts to trace the source of the poisonous bread, but none of them were conclusive. One of them posited that the sacks of flour had been transported unhygienically in polluted train cars. Another inquiry determined that fuel leaks from nearby factories contaminated the local water supply. But if this was true, people wondered why the poisoning wasn't more widespread. It was just these people at the mm. bakery. Not everyone, everyone drinks the water. So One of the investigations found that the contamination had been caused by the presence of mercury and pesticides used in the rye fields or caused by panogen, a cleaning agent used in wheat containers. So there's rival theories, including American-born historian Stephen L. Kaplan, who was a man who literally wrote the book on the subject. His 1,100-page book called Cursed Bread, Returning to the Forgotten Years in France, 1945 to 1958, came out in 2008. 1,100 pages. Cursed Bread. Cursed Bread. And he had just- Nobody thought to workshop that title <laughs> a little bit. Or- I, I love it. So if you've got a problem with it... Take it up with Kaplan. No, I was on the committee. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm being a bit defensive here, but I was the one of the people who okayed the title. Cursed bread. Cursed bread. The more you say it, the more Are it's going on Are you wanting to be now. taken seriously, though, or is it a bit funny? Is it a funny book? It's a funny book, Bob. Oh, yeah. then that's great. I it's love it. It's a real page turner. <laughs> I love it. Cursed bread. Yeah. A hilarious romp through the history of French <laughs> bread-making system. Over a specific 11-year period. Yeah. <laughs> Such a strange, was it, yeah, strange amount of time to be talking bread. I reckon once I was getting up to a, the 11,000 pages, I'd be like, I might just shrink this down to maybe two or three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a bit much. I'd be like, what am I doing? Kaplan, get an editor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kaplan does not believe that ergotism was the cause of the hallucinations in okay. the town. According to him, ergot contamination would not have affected only one sack of grain in a single bakery but would have been more widespread across the area, across France in general. You know, that you don't just, it's not just one crop becomes one bag, you know, it's multiple <laughs> bags. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm with him. What's his name? Kaplan. I'm, 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 I'm on board with Kaplan here. Of course you Whatever are. Whatever he says next, Kaplan I agree with. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> the names of the other bakers disappeared from the list of suspects, but Roche Briand was arrested and his bakery shut down. What? But by the time the police investigation had named his bakery as a place of interest, it was too late for any conclusive testing as he had since either used or thrown away his flour. Not going to keep it forever. So no test could be carried out to conclusively say his bread was the source of the outbreak. Did he have any more bread? Mm. Test the bread. 
Had he eaten the bread? Yeah, that day's bread. You know, by the time they'd worked it out, he'd moved on to the next day's bread, the next yeah. flour. So I don't, I don't think it's like suspicious, like him destroying evidence. I think he literally kept running his business, and by the police worked out, it could be him. They're like, oh, the cops uh, rock up and he's flushing baguettes down the toilet. <laughs> 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 this is not what it looks like. I do this every day. Sadly for Roche, he was forced to close his bakery after the scandal and it never reopened. And I've seen photo- photos of where the bakery used to be. It's still abandoned to this day. Oh, wow, really? That's brutal. Yeah. In this economy? In this economy. They haven't put something else in there? It was booming and just because he got some dodgy flour and didn't think to not use it. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's maybe fair enough. But that's not the only book and only theory that has been put forward. Multiple books have been written about this. All well, with great titles? Yeah, and they better have at least 11,000 pages. Otherwise, are we paying attention to them, really? <laughs> are they taking it seriously? In 2009, the year after Cursed Bread came out, American investigative journalist Hank Elberelli published A Terrible Mistake, <laughs> a book that addresses the mystery surrounding the death of Frank Olson, a bacterial a bacteriologist employed by the American military and the CIA. Whoa, hang on. Hang on a second. Forgot your attention? This is sounding a little MK-ultralistic. Oh, this is MK-ultralistic. Let me tell you about that. Frank Olson, big-time MK-ultra. We'll talk about that in just a second. But in the book, Elberelli, who's the writer of A Terrible Mistake, revealed a CIA document labeled, this is what it says, Re, Point St. Esprit, and F. Olsen Files. It says, France Operation File, Inclusive Olsen, Intel Files, so these are all labels. Hand carry to Bellin, tell him to see that these are buried. And I'll, I'll break that down a little bit. So F. Olsen there is Frank Olsen, a CIA scientist who at the time of the Pont saint Prix incident led research for the agency into the drug LSD. Oh. We'll talk more about F. Olsen, Frank Olsen in a minute. Ballin, it says hand carry to Ballin. David Ballin was the executive director of the Rockefeller Commission created by the White House in 1975 to investigate abuses carried out worldwide by the CIA. Okay. So it says, it's this file's labeled Ponsent Esprit, F. Olsen files, hand carry to Ballin, tell him to see that these are buried. Holy shit. So like, they've used this little French town as an experiment? Cover this up. Cover this Whoa. up. Whoa. According to the BBC, El Borelli, who uh, wrote the book, believes the Pont Saint-Esprit and F. Olsen files mentioned in the, in the document would show, if they had not been, quote, buried, that the CIA- Flushed down the toilet. Yeah, with the baguettes, that the CIA was experimenting on the townspeople by dosing them with LSD. Whoa. So he's found the label of the file, but unfortunately the contents of the file no longer exists. Oh, and he's gone, God. hang on a second. This is a bit crazy. The conclusion drawn at the time was that one of the town's bakeries, the the one owned by Roche-Briand, was the source of the poisoning. It's possible, El Braley says in his book, that LSD was put in the bread. So it was the bread, but it wasn't the bad flour. He says that they were purposefully doped. Wow. And they've just let him take the fall. Mm, possibly. The baker. Because it's well documented that biological warfare scientists around the world were experimenting with LSD in the early 1950s, a time of conflict in Korea and an escalation of Cold War tensions. Why France? 
an ally of theirs at the time. That's they? right. But I guess also it's a small town. You can maybe, if this is true, if you do believe this theory, that it's very easy to deny any responsibility. Yeah, why, why would we have... You sound like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Why would we be doing that in France? In a tiny little town. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So weird. Gaslight them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this happened in 1951, only a couple of years before the CIA started the incredibly controversial and illegal project MKUltra that Matt mentioned and that we were, we've done a Patreon bonus episode on it many years ago. So we have brief, briefly discussed it and we've also talked... Briefly of- discussed it, Dave. I did a lot of research in that. And you remember how much? Well, I mean, that doesn't... You just, you know, being a bit snooty there. I think you've been researching French stuff too much. It's uh, not just a little report. I did a full report on it. Yeah. And I think you should pay it its dues, please. I apologize. But MK Ultra it went for 20 years. There's so many things you could have talked about. Honestly. And I did. Yeah, okay. I, I forgot it was an 18-hour bonus episode. <laughs> God, we wanted to leave that day. <laughs> he would not let us. Shut this guy up. But just to recap, uh, MK Ultra, because I'm sure you remember this, Jess, was an illegal human experimentation program designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, intended to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used in interrogations to weaken individuals and force confessions through brainwashing and psychological torture. Ah, that was what it was about. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, Matt, obviously. What you said in 18 hours, I said in one fucking paragraph. <laughs> yeah. A bit of editing. Not that hard. You would write an 1,100-page book about bread. <laughs> I would too. The bread curse. <laughs> 1,100 pages. Matt said before 11,000 pages. Yeah, yeah. You really and I, beefed you, it up. Honestly, you lost me for a while because I was imagining what that would look like. So I was like, just like, you think about a book, it's like 300 pages, that's fairly thick. But It's up to the ceiling. Th- I know, but then it, 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 it would still have to be like book size, right? Or is it now also like table size? I love those, you know, there are huge books in places sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> are they called libraries? Or? They're sort of like, you know, like they, you sort of like wobble them almost yeah, yeah, and they yeah. sort of just like. You could knock the cover off one and it hit the floor and the rest of the book yeah. would just slowly follow it down. Yeah. Like a slinky. Far out. Imagine that. Imagine using that. a book like a slinky. Wow. That's crazy. Imagine. I don't want to. It's too much. <laughs> too much excitement for one day. Oh. 1,100 pages. 1,100 wow. is still a lot. Oh, that's, I guess. It's not 11,000, but 11,000 just doesn't make any sense, Matt. Yeah, How would you sell that in a bookstore? Well, I mean, no one's buying that yeah, book, true. Jess, no matter the size. Cursed bread. <laughs> Cursed on. bread, the 11,000 pounds. Oh, but if you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah. I mean, just make the font bigger. That's what I would have done. Right. Okay. Just make the font hmm. 10 times bigger. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah. Get some illustrations. Draw the bread. Yeah, imagine how big the bread you could, you know, you just draw it. It's a long French stick bread. So you just do it, you know, PTO. It's just the bread continues. PTO. It's quite a long. Yeah. Beautiful big baguette. Mm. Delicious. Absolutely. So MK Ultra. Yes. Kicked off in 1953, only two years after this event. Continued on for two decades and they did heaps of dodgy shit, experimenting with drugs on unwitting participants. Over 7,000 American veterans took part in these experiments non-consensually during the 1950s through 1970s. And in the US, they'd been experimenting on their population even before 
1953. In 1951, the US Navy undertook a secret biological warfare experiment in which two types of bacteria were sprayed over the San Francisco Bay Area in California in order to determine how vulnerable a city like San Francisco may be to a bioweapon attack. People have no idea that's going on. They just release it from a Navy ship. Just absolutely incredible that a country would do that to itself. Yeah. Or to anyone. But yeah, And they claimed that they thought the bacteria was harmless to humans. But 11 residents checked into Stanford Hospital in San Francisco with very, very rare and very serious urinary tract infections. Ten recovered, but one person died, and many people think it's because of the bacteria. Holy shit. They had a reaction to it. That <laughs> sucks. I'm actually pretty anti-CIA right now. Are you? After that. Okay. Was that CIA? That's a bit of a hot take. Oh, that's the Navy. Okay. I'm anti-Navy right now. Okay. What yeah. colour would you say you are? Oh, royal blue. Yeah, okay. yeah, the opposite. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I'll never accept you. Outside of the colour wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jess, you must hate the Navy as well. That's where submarines are. I just hate submarines. I don't hate the Navy. Yeah, don't I pl- love Navy. It's a beautiful colour yeah, on exactly. me. You don't hate the player. You hate the game. That's right. I just hate submarines. The game of submarines. I don't hate them. I think they're dumb. There's a difference. All right, no, I don't I- hate you, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, that's... Dave, do go on. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you finally clarified that because that's been hanging in the air for years now. <laughs> the US have, it turns out, when I'm looking into this a bit, experimented so often on their own people that they are literally too many to mention. There is that French website that has French celebrities. They also list list of times the United States illegally experimented on their own people. There's a page on that website for some reason. And there are... Dozens of examples. Land of the free. Land of the free. But I just wanted to mention that one because it shows that they were already experimenting on mass population before 1953. Yeah. In 1951, same year, when people allegedly ate the bread that made them hallucinate in France. According to the BBC, which has a great article in this I'll uh, link to, in his book, Hank Elberelli, the journalist that says the CIA was involved, says he has found a top-secret report issued in 1949 by the research director of Edgewood Arsenal where many U.S. government LSD experiments were carried out, which states that the army should do everything possible to launch, quote, field experiments using the drug. This is still from a BBC article. Using freedom of information legislation, El Borelli also got hold of another CIA report from 1954. In it, an agent reported his conversation with a representative of the Sandos Chemical Company in Switzerland. Sandos's base, which is just a few hundred kilometers from Pont Saint-Esprit, was the only place where LSD was being produced at that time. The agent reports in his conversation that after several drinks, the Sandos representative abruptly stated, quote, The Pont Saint-Esprit secret is that it was not the bread at all. It was not grain ergot. What was it then? He didn't, he didn't elaborate further. Oh, okay, great. Give us some information, so he's saying but what nothing it's not. relevant. He's not saying what it's not, but, you know, is he hinting that it's LSD? Yeah, that's what, that's what I got out of that. But then what about the grey flower? It was just grey flower? That's it? Yeah, I mean, it possibly was just dodgy flower, yeah. The grey flower is actually cement. Um, <laughs> that's why ah. the, the baguettes were a little hard. Yeah, that but they, like, they love a hard bread. Mm. They like, you know. Crusty. Mm, crusty. Like They want it to have a... Bit of fight, you know. Mm. <laughs> bit of fight. A bit of. That's such a funny way to put it. But how do you say? How do you say? <laughs> fight. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's great. 
Yeah, we don't want it. Oh, oh, eating. Yeah, we we don't want that to be easy. No, we want the meal to fight back I, a little. I want a challenge. Yeah, that's right. That's I like awesome. to weaponize my meal. <laughs> Give it a chance. As for Frank Olson, who was supposedly named in the CIA report as F. Olson, remember? Mm. Remember, said his name. Well, we now know he was a part of MK Ultra. And was also a part of Operation Sea Spray in San Francisco where they sprayed the bacteria on the people. So this guy's got it. You know, he's got, he's, he's got previous. Uh, he's he's right. got runs on the board. He also worked on developing a number of lethal aerosols in handy-sized containers. They were disguised as shaving cream and insect repellents and contained deadly things like anthrax. The Guardian writes that further weapons he was working on included a cigarette lighter, which gave out an almost... Instant lethal gas, Ooh. a lipstick that would kill on contact with skin, great, and a neat pocket spray for asthma sufferers that induced pneumonia. Whoa! I love how they've described it as a neat pocket spray. They all sound like, um, you know, Bond. They do games. sound like Bond. Yeah. Only the Q of work has has yeah. come up with more He's, evil probably than what they would normally do. Here's a lipstick that'll kill you. Yeah. And they always have fun names, lipsticks. I have one that's called Lady Danger. <gasps> so that one could just be called Killer. Yeah, Lady Killer. Lady, Lady killer. Danger is fantastic. It's a beautiful colour. I'm just looking up my report on uh, MKUltra. Yeah, Frank Olsen's mentioned quite a lot, Dave. You don't have to go back over all this. Is he actually mentioned quite a lot? Yeah. Uh, the experiments continue. <laughs> I'll take it from here. <laughs> Start reading yours again. So he was involved in some pretty top secret shit and he later joined MKUltra before he himself suffered a very mysterious... And suspicious death oh, in 1953. You don't say. When he fell from a window, the 13th floor of a Manhattan hotel. The family of Frank Olsen decided to have a second autopsy performed in 1994. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell me, I've mentioned the name Frank Olsen. That induced no memory from you, did no, it? No, I did not. No, I read the, right in the back of my head, but no, not When really. was MK Ultra? When did we do it? Yeah. Oof. Oof. I think it was about four years ago. Was it a it bonus or was it, it a It was a bonus ep- episode. I mean, still, nothing. Isn't that amazing? No, it's concerning. Mm. No, I think we talk about so much stuff. We talk about so much and stuff. And I care about so little <laughs> that what am I going to retain? That's a good point. You know? Well, I've got a little bit on Frank Olsen here just because I did not remember any of that. Sorry, Dave. I'm being a smart ass here, but phew, I think I've covered it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sorry to rehash old shit, but I was like, this is really interesting. Yeah, sorry for everybody who's heard the, the bonus episode, but we are going to have to rehash some yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has Just also, skip ahead. It also since, it's also since become a Netflix show oh, about his life. Really? Like a miniseries on Frank Olsen. What's it called? It's a great name, Frank Olsen, I think. I've forgotten what it's called. Directed by... Directed by that <laughs> great... <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, it's not... I think it's a great name. Yeah, it's, it's a great name. It's directed by that think- great. Uh, <laughs> hang on, um, Wormwood. Oh, directed by Errol Morris, the great documentary maker. Wormwood. I've heard of Wormwood. Well, that was in 2017, so maybe we did it after anyway. <laughs> we'll check the check the date on that. So at the time, Frank Olsen's family were told he either jumped or fell. Yeah. From the window. But there are questions over that narrative, according to The Guardian, that have a whole article on Frank Olsen that I'll link to, which was published after your report, Matt, so (laughs) hopefully this is new information to some. (laughs) Leaving the police officers, the night manager returned to the lobby and on a hunch asked the telephone operator if any calls had recently been made from room 1018A, where he'd been. Yes, she replied, and she had eavesdropped 
Not an uncommon practice in an era when hotel phone calls were run through a switchboard. Someone in the room had called a number on Long Island, which was listed as belonging to someone called Dr. Harold Abramson, a distinguished physician, less well known as an LSD expert and one of the CIA's medical collaborators. The caller said, well, he's gone. Abramson replied, well, that's too bad. Holy shit. Also, if I was a switchboard operator then... 100% 100% I'd be Oh, I'd be listening in so I'd much. I'd be listening to everything. I was a switchboard operator for a while, but I couldn't stay on the line. That's a huge oh. disappointment. Oh, right. Well, you were just like, I'll put you through now. Yeah, I just put them through. And you'd pull out the cords and put it into a different hole and yeah, that sort of, course, of stuff? Yeah, but I didn't have to. I think it's It all works. All right. Yeah. Still is the holes and the cords thing? Yeah. Plug and holes? Definitely not. Just a button on a phone. No. Nah. Also, that was like 2010. Why did they have switchboard operators in an insurance company? Why couldn't it just be press one for this? It was literally two options. Should have just been press one for this, press oh, two for right. this. And it was, so, but that was your job. They say, yep. you say either this or this. Yeah. You're unhappy that they employed you. Interesting. True. And it was mostly weekends because I was doing it while I was at uni. And one time I took my laptop in and just played The Sims. Oh, fantastic. While everybody else around me was working really hard. And I just sat there playing The yeah, Sims. Yeah, a real team player. You've always had me. <laughs> Okay, that hurts. There's somebody on my team. <laughs> yeah, well, we're here doing a podcast. It should be noted that Jess's laptop is open and she's playing The Sims right now. Yeah, yeah she's making them And I'm spork winning. Or whatever. Spork? And what's the word? Woohoo. Woo. No, that's way off. Spook? Spork. Sp- why is it spork? Spork, okay. Spork. Spork. <laughs> Can you uh, f- fill out that thought a little bit, Dave? <laughs> no, just imagining what a spork would feel like. <laughs> Any day now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. (laughs) Cha-ching! You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
So I've got a little bit more on Frank Olsen because I was like, what the fuck? The CIA later revealed that before Olsen died, he had met some CIA colleagues for a retreat in an isolated spot in Maryland a bit over a week earlier. Nine people were there, including uh, Sidney Gottlieb, who headed MKUltra. The Guardian writes that Gottlieb's deputy, Lassbrook, produced a bottle of Cointreau and poured glasses for the company. Several, including Olsen, drank heartily. After 20 minutes, Gottlieb asked if anyone was feeling odd. Several said they were. Gottlieb then told them that he'd spiked their drinks with LSD. Bit of party fun. Wow, bit of fun. Everyone was annoyed by this big reveal, but Olsen was especially outraged before the hallucinations took over. He returned home a few days later to his family, a changed man, and blurted out to his wife, I've made a terrible mistake, which is why that book is called A Terrible Mistake. Right. Nine days later, he fell from the window. At the time, he was reportedly thinking of leaving MKUltra, which was... Super duper top secret in in its infancy, with only about two dozen people knowing about it at the time. But Olsen had been had seen some horrific stuff and knew many many secrets, and was reportedly trying to get out. Since his death, people have speculated: was he murdered? Or Definitely. Was it, yeah. Or, or was it suicide because of the LSD he'd been poisoned with, causing him to have a breakdown? No, it was good. Nah, he was murdered. And was he involved? With poisoning Pont Saint Esprit with probably, LSD. Yeah, yeah probably, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> there is evidence that he was possibly in France at the time. Yeah. Yeah, because he was doing it. There. And but, then he finally got a taste of his own medicine yeah. quite literally and went, like, Oh, that was oh, bad. Actually. Like, that was dude, awful. Actually, I don't want to be involved in this. Actually, I hate Cointreau. <laughs> Orange is disgusting Yuck. flavor. People say, but it was probably a coincidence he was in France, as he often spent time working in Europe. But other people say, nah, he did it. Yeah. Yeah, he did it. He did that's because he, he did it. Yeah, definitely. but those people are saying, nah, he did it because he did do it. Yeah. But not everyone agrees on Al Borelli's theory about LSD and the CIA's involvement. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. Because it was The people CIA. who don't agree are in on it. Yeah. Because Cap- they do agree, but they're saying they don't. Oh, I don't agree. They're covering their own tracks. Well, right. Kaplan, the guy who published the massive bread book in 2008. 11,000 pages. Cursed bread. Cursed bread. He published in 2008. He insists that LSD could not have been responsible. Of course, because he's all about the bread. Yeah. The man loves bread. He loves bread. Well, he no, he's all, he also doesn't think that it was ergot poisoning either. He what does he hates think then? Bread. What does well, he think? Well, let me get to that. Why call it cursed bread if you hate bread? Fucking hell, I'm this mad at guy. this guy. He rules out LSD on the grounds that the symptoms people suffered, though similar, he says, do not quite fit the drug. He told France 24 News site in 2010, I have numerous objections to this paltry evidence against the CIA. First of all, it's clinically incoherent. LSD takes effect in just a few hours, whereas the inhabitants showed symptoms only after 36 hours or more. Furthermore, LSD does not cause the digestive elements or the vegetative states described by the townspeople. Okay. Digestive He's winning me over. elements? I'm so easily swung. Yeah. No, but digestive ailments. ailments. Remember they all had like diarrhea and vomiting and stuff like that? Yeah, He's right. like, people with LSD don't usually get that. When and they were all, I mean that. Whatever Dave finishes with, I'll be like, oh, that was the that was the real yeah. one. You are easy to sway. But the, I mean, is it possible that they had LSD and something else? Like grey bread? Mm. And oh, right, that so came from the diarrhea. Diarrhea from the bread and uh, hallucinations from the LSD. Yeah. Which is also in the bread. <laughs> Two things can happen at once. Yeah. He, uh, Alberelli also points out that it could not have that LSD could not have survived the fierce temperatures of the baker's oven. But then Kazdan counters that by saying, uh, "Yeah, they could have just added it to the bread after baking." Yeah, you know, like, like that uh, dusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little flour dusting. dusting could have been LSD. But it, is LSD is that a dustable substance? 
Maybe. It's more of a liquid, isn't it? That you soak the papers in and stuff. Okay, druggy McDrugston yeah, okay. over here. Then tell us more. <laughs> tell us where's your stash. And say it into the microphone. <laughs> I, I just... I, I'm only going off... Because we last month we did a, a science did podcast. And they they were talking about it a lot as we were doing LSD. And um, what they were saying... It was a very generous podcast. Yeah. That's nice. Um, we did it over Zoom, so I don't yeah. Do that? I don't know how they did it. So it's like a it's a digital thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he told us to lick the screen. <laughs> wow. We said, All right, Corey. <laughs> All right. I'm doing it. Kaplan also, as I said, rules out ergotism, but as far as I can work out, he doesn't have the answer as to what actually did cause the mass poisoning. Right. So he's saying it's it's not the LSD, it's not ergotism. But he's bringing no new theories. Yeah, that's right. He's just ruling out other stuff. God, he must be fun at a dinner party. Captain Negative over there. Always no, rolling out. How about incorrect. you rule something in? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to reveal that I'm this... Not, I'm not... I, I know we're playing charades. Uh, I'll tell you what you're not acting out right now. <laughs> Can't you just guess the movie I'm acting? No. Mm. I'm, it's certainly not Schindler's List, though. It's not 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. It's not... So many fucking movies. Some, he's just listing all the ones it is. He's such a piece of shit. It's, it's not Rocky 2. It's not it Rocky, Rocky one? three. It's Rocky one. It's not Rocky four. Is it fucking Rocky it's one? It's not Rocky five. It's not Rocky one. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Shit, that was my guess. But he doesn't know what did it, and uh, I'm uh, pleased to reveal that it's a mystery episode. Yes. Oh. Well, is it? Because I think we know that it's MK Ultra. But do we know that, Matt? See, he's so easy to sway. Yeah, that's right. Do you know that? No, I guess I don't. <laughs> and do you want to say on the record that you think it was the CIA? No. I love the CIA on the record. Yes. Love them. Love the love Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royal Blue. I was joking about that. That color can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Navy all the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I love it. I Honestly, I love everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard. But you love Hitler. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Fucking smoked yes! him. Say it. Say, go on. Say you just lied. I, I say you love everything and everyone. Okay, I lied. I don't love Hitler. You got me. Do you love everything else? Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you love Nazis. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny you say on the <laughs> the tables have turned on the on the sci a uh, sci guys podcast. Um, Corey pronounces Nazis Nazis. Nazis. I'm like, you've made it so cute. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Sounds like a little cookie or something. <laughs> Pass the Nazis. <laughs> Want a Nazi with your cup of cup of milk? C- cup of <laughs> cup of warm milk and a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for popping over. <laughs> hey, before you go, have a couple of Nazis. Take some home What's for the kids. Home? Shortbread, Monte Carlo, Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Nazi. Ooh, we're out of penguins. We've got some Nazis. <laughs> couple for the road. What are penguins? They're sort of Tim Tammy type. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, to this day, 70 plus years later, some are still calling on the French government to set up an inquiry to get to the bottom of what actually happened. Yeah. People are not happy like, with it. Oh, honestly, there's got. have they not done a big inquiry into this? They've done multiple. Okay. 
And you've talked about them for the last hour or but so? They, yes, but they all have different... They're like, maybe it was this. Maybe yeah. Nothing's right. conclusive and they all sort of contradict each other. And then that was between the uh, early 50s to early 70s and since then it's sort of just been swept under the rug. Right. Science has people, come on a bit since yeah. then. But is anyone still living? Any of the key players? Some very young people. I think a few years ago, who's the, the man that's the mayor of the town about 10 years ago came out and, and spoke to the BBC with their article and stuff like that because he was a child in the town at the time, like four or five years old. Yeah. And he, it really left a big scar on the town because mo- a lot of people recovered, but then a few people sort of, it ruined their lives. Cause, yeah. You know, they had well, the such baker a, for yeah. one. <clears throat> I know. But, I feel bad for him. But also some of the people were so badly poisoned that they couldn't go back to their... Oh, their, their, you know, their jobs and things like that. Yeah, they their regular oh. They couldn't do it anymore because they'd been so oh, profoundly geez. affected by the hallucinations, and you know, it, it triggered something in their in their brains. Well, wow. I, I hope the CIA learnt something. <laughs> you know, not no, I'm not talking about this in particular. Sure, so surely they just, didn't. Just do generally, that. that would be wild if the CIA did this. Yeah, like that would be, it would be wild. Yeah, it's like it's like ethics it, just don't apply. That's, that's crazy. So can't. That's why I can't. I, it's hard to believe that that is possible. That this was done on purpose. Yeah, but I know, but then I, I also would have was shocked when I read that thing about them just spraying San Francisco yes. with yeah. a bacteria. No, yeah, they definitely could have done it, but it is just yeah. wild that they. Yeah, because yeah, I was reading that, going, "No, what the fuck?" Yeah. And that poor baker just being a scapegoat, like yeah, if blamed and then just never recovering a being business. Being a patsy. He's a patsy. <laughs> Do you want a couple of patsies before you go? <laughs> Patsy or Patsy? No, or... I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> I just had a Terry's chocolate orange, you know. A bit full. It's not Terry's. It's mine. Classic. We love your culture. <laughs> if it was the bread, as to whether it could happen again, thankfully that's very unlikely these days as ergotism is extremely rare. Although it does pop up from time to time in very poverty-stricken places. Not very much anymore. And Liza Minnelli. Yes, that's right. God bless her. In France, there are now rules regulating the quality of bread that are taken very seriously. I learned this introduced in the early 1990s. The so-called baguette laws state that for any place to have the right to call itself a boulangerie, like a French bakery, they must bake bread on the same premises they're sold. And each baguette must include only four ingredients, flour, water, yeast, and salt. So they all have to make their own bread from scratch. It's like the German p- beer purity laws. Yeah, it totally is. Love like, it. There can be no preservatives or additives, and it can't be frozen at any stage. And there are even rules as to how long, wide, and high they should be. They should be about 65 centimeters long for it to be a standard baguette. Wow, that's big. Suddenly, I found myself looking at a bunch of baguette facts. Oh my god, so yum. Just tell me if this is if this is fun oh. or just yum. Can we get baguettes for lunch? Is there anywhere that sells baguettes? <gasps> Remember the at the old studio there was a bakery across the road that sold baguettes? Oh yeah. Whoa. Was it just a baguette or did it have stuff in it? I think it had stuff in it. Oh my god, yum. Yeah, okay. We're turning off the mic. Maybe some fromage? Oh, yes. What does that mean? Cheese. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I went the first time I went to France, France. France. I uh, I the first day we went out had uh, baguettes with uh, camembert yep. and mustard. Yep. And Oof. it was so freaking good. Yeah. My so simple, I, hardly anything, but just so, so good. So good. My friends and I sat under the Eiffel Tower 
with baguettes and cheese and probably ham and like just a bunch of things, just eating a little picnic. Heaven. Wee oh, wee. Oui, oui. Beautiful day. Great food. Great food. Hovon. Probably. Probably means heaven. Oh. <laughs> probably. <laughs> if it doesn't. I can basically speak French. <laughs> uh, le hovon. The heaven. The heaven. Oh, <laughs> mm. uh, you I, know what it is? Uh, Paradise. Oh, so I mean, better, that's basi- that's but it's basically the thing I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Paradise. <laughs> working off working off the same. Paradis. Oh, paradis. Paradis. I forgot that half the letters. You put an L in there. Paradis. No. <laughs> I don't know. You put a G in there. Paradis. Oh, no. It's <laughs> so offensive. Right, here we go. Let's get ready for our main course with some baguette facts. Yum. In France, there are 30,000 boulangeries. They all, that's people that are ticking yep. these boxes. Man, Make I want to go to a boulangerie. Every day in France, more than 30 million baguettes are sold and eaten. 30 million. I thought, when I, when I was in France, I thought it was the funniest thing that, you know, the, the French stereotype as a kid, you know, the cartoon character of a French person is wearing a stripy Stripes. shirt, a beret. And is holding a baguette. Or they're on a bicycle with a baguette in the basket. And that is one of the first people I saw when I went into Paris. Someone rode past, like Mm. a group of uh, French people. Rode past the Irish pub you were in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and they looked just like that? Yeah. Crazy. Oh, but my friend uh, lives in uh, uh, France now, in Paris, just outside of Paris. So I was hanging out with him and just like living it up like a local, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I couldn't believe like there wasn't, there were no berets, mm. but everyone was getting around with baguettes. People walking home just holding baguettes. Yeah, couldn't believe it, and I loved it. But they were—they're different over there. I don't know why they're different, but they just taste better because they've got these—you the, know—the standard way they make them. Yeah, because you hear but- that bullshit about certain things. Oh, you, you taste better from the sauce. Mm. You know, they say that about Guinness, and I don't—I reckon the Guinness here tastes. A, Similar to the Guinness in Ireland. But baguettes, a whole nother level over there. It can't explain why. You uh, just, even though you just did. <laughs> on average, French people spend two hours and 13 minutes a day eating and drinking baguettes. Love that. <laughs> they drink baguettes, they I eat mean, baguettes. How, how long do we spend eating and drinking? No, but see, over there, if you like work at a place, like I'm trying to think of it. If you have a job, <laughs> yeah, like they all act have a proper break to eat, and they all have like cafeterias. Yeah, where they go and sit down. And you have like you have a hot meal every day at work. Whereas oh. when I was working in an office, I'm having a sandwich whilst I'm still working over the computer. You know, trying to get it done. But they take a break. They respect their yeah their eating time. Appreciate yes. that. I was thinking about that recently. I eat too quick. Gotta gotta take your time to enjoy it. Mm. I know I like the French. I don't know. I, I, I've been joking about the French being a bit snooty, but that's just a stereotype. Mm. Although I did do a gig recently uh, and there were, I, I was asking the crowd, I was emceeing, so I was asking the crowd, hey, how are you have, having fun? And asking people in particular, you know, just warming them up. And uh, this, I asked <laughs> this woman, she's like, uh, I'm okay. I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Well, you're yeah, up for a good time? Yeah. <laughs> like no, right, no worries. Perfect, just what you want. And then um, in the break, I was talking to some of the other acts, and they're like, "Ah, oh, how about that row of French people in the middle?" I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> that makes sense." <laughs> so then when I started the second bracket, I said, "Hey, I've heard you're French." 
And she's like, oh, we? I said, that makes sense. Oh, I thought you were just being an asshole. <laughs> but, yeah. Welcome uh, to our country. Welcome to our country. In our culture, the way you're behaving is rude. <laughs> but I didn't realise you were French. And I love cultural it's differences. It's a cultural difference. It's a cultural Beautiful. difference. Yeah. I go over there and they think I'm obnoxious. Yeah. Because I'm just over there. Just over there is obnoxious. <laughs> I got to tone it down next time I go there. Now that I know, because yeah. I don't think I realise the the social differences. Yeah, because you're walking into cafes, going, "Are you pumped to be here? <laughs> How are we feeling tonight, <laughs> Perry? <laughs> Let me hear you, brother. Can I get a soy flat wine over here? <laughs> How good is it to be alive? <laughs> Oh, no. I'm like, oh. You would be the same, Dave. I was always spoilt when I was going around with my friend who could speak fluent French. Mm. And you, when you're over there, you probably normally are with your wife. Oh, I think I just put my wife in front of me and she just speaks and it's fantastic. Yeah. Did you ever get trapped by yourself without her? Not trapped. Yeah, but yeah. You- like I'm in line for like, you know, like a gift shop or something. And yeah. I get up there and that. They're talking and I'm like, oh, where is she? My translator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I don't understand. (laughs) I haven't had to learn. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, she's in the bathroom. Fuck, fuck, fuck. On the text her quick. Help me. I I had to say on the last day I was there, he'd gone to work. And I'm like, I'll go to a, what are they called? Bongeries. 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 <laughs> like, I'm saying that wrong, you know. Bongeries. Again, I didn't have to learn. I'll go down to my local Bongeries. I'll so, get myself a baguette. I'll say bon to Jerry and then we'll fucking get going. <laughs> but I'm, I'm like, oh, I can, I've, I'd learnt what uh, a no meat or something meant. Yeah. So I just wanted a thing that didn't have meat in it. And I must have said the exact opposite. No, extra meat. So they gave me this, it was so full of meat. I'm like, I have to. Uh, uh, grazie, mercy. Grazie. <laughs> panicking. Yeah, back full away. panicking. Thank you. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throw it in a bin right out the front. In, in like the middle of Paris, most places would stop you and go, oh, it's okay, I speak English. Yeah. You're embarrassing yourself yeah, and me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so awkward. You'll try, you're working, you're like, oh, mercy. And they're like, hi, how can I help you? Yeah. You're like, thank you so much. I'm oh, so sorry. God. But in other other places they, where they did speak English, that was where you're like, ugh. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Arnie, fuck. Arnie, please. <laughs> yeah, if he's in the bathroom or something, like, um, un momento. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my friend will we'll sort this out. Final uh, baguette fact. In April 1944, Le Grand Prix de la Baguette was started in France. Okay. It's a competition to determine who makes the best baguettes. The contest winner receives 4,000 euros and gets to supply daily bread to the French president for a whole year until <laughs> a new winner is <laughs> Is it But, like, are you paid well yeah, for so that? Yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> I looked, that's the phrasing that this website used. Apparently, you get a contract to do it, so it is right. quite prestigious but and like, you get paid a lot of money. It's just for the president or it's for his like, whole house? I think it's for his whole staff. And so that's a lot. That's actually a lot of work. Yeah. And then are you trying to run your business Yeah, at so the if same you're like time? a small, small boulangerie, you're like, I, we can't. I can't do I, that. What? I but can't yes, keep my shop open like and feed the president. I do like, you get to supply daily bread to the yeah. French president. <laughs> oh. You Great. bring it in on your little bicycle. Who's the president at the moment? Bing, bing. Is it Macron, Macron still? still in. He got back in. Got back in. Mm. Is he good? Do the French people like him? I guess they do, obviously, if they voted Enough back of them in. like him yeah, to, yeah. to get in. I mean, do, do, does anybody like politicians? Yeah, no, that's a fair call. No, but that, that's my report on the 1951 Ponce Esprit mass poisoning. I'm afraid I don't have... 
all the answers because it's still debated 70 years later. But there's some 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 theories. But what we do know is it was a wild few days in yeah, that town. Yeah, it sounds awful and crazy. Wild. And it was the CIA. And now, mm. yeah. that, now that I've said that, if mm. I go missing, yeah. oh my like goodness. it's clearly the CIA. Oh. If you fall from a window... Yeah, I don't fall from windows. No, you've never fallen from a window. No. That's, is that true? You've never fallen from a window no, before this? I'm not a clumsy idiot. Mm. Well, I've fallen from several, so don't worry <laughs> if it happens to me. It probably was an accident. <laughs> ah! uh, oh. He keeps doing it. Yeah, just, just try and avoid standing near windows. I always do. Because I imagine that's what the CIA does. They're just waiting patiently for someone <laughs> to be standing in an open window. Oh, but we record in a studio without windows these days, so... Mm. Oh, that's on purpose. They'll baby. never get us. That's on purpose. No snipers, no falling from windows. Tick, tick. Fantastic report, Dave. Merci beaucoup. Well, that brings us to everyone's favorite section of the show where we get to thank some of our fantastic supporters who support us on patreon.com slash pod. These are the people who make this show live. Yeah. And how nice is it to be alive? Bob, what are some things people can do if they get involved at our Patreon? <laughs> Sorry, you, you stopped a sentence. In yep. a, it, it and I was I wasn't sure if I was going to go on or not. Yeah, you right. were about to come in Sorry. there, so I just I left it and then. Nah, that's on me. Some um, of my thoughts uh, and pauses are unnaturally long. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you're you're used to talking to normal people who'd right, be right, like, right. if they stopped for that long, yeah, it would be over. But you're like, but that was in the middle that of a make sentence. Any sense. <laughs> um, things that you can uh, you can enjoy. Uh, over on Patreon, uh, include three bonus episodes a month, including Phrasing the Bar, our Brendan Fraser filmography podcast. Um, you get uh, early access to live shows. You get uh, the the Facebook group, which is the friendliest section of the internet, and you also get to submit uh, fact, quote, or question if you are on the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe level or above. There's also heaps of bonus mini reports including what i believe is a fantastic one about (laughs) mk ultra (laughs) Uh, if you want to hear a slightly different take i assume i I have genuinely no memory of it at all really i remember we recorded at my house though really yeah my old place that's what i one thing i do recall no memory of that either i was there no memory of your old place on zoom no no i'm kidding how dare you? How dare you not remember my old place? <laughs> uh, anyway, one of the first things we like to do is uh, shout out to people on our Sydney Schomburg level, and they get to give us a fact, quote, or question. And this section actually has a little jingle, goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. He always remembers the ding. She always remembers the sing. That's what so the Patreon uh, messaged me saying. You should say sing. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I wish I remembered who it was. And I could have thanked them then, but you know who you are <laughs> and you know what you've done. Uh, now, in this section, if you're on the Sydney Scheinberg level, you get to give us a fact, quote, or question, or brag, or suggestion, or really whatever you like. Yeah, it can be anything. Someone gave us a recipe at one point. Yep. Uh, and you also get to give yourself a title. This week, the first one comes from Derek Brigham, aka Travel Agent of the Podcast Stars. Ooh. And Derek is offering a suggestion. Okay. That's how the French people probably said. Suggestion. Suggestion. Yep. Uh, writing, I've got a recommendation for a place to go when the North American tour gets back on track. If you find yourself in Portland, Oregon, you should go check out the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, better known as OMSI. Uh, there, you can f- uh, there you can get some hands-on fun with the physics and chemistry exhibits. 
Oh, great sentence. Or test your lateral thinking with the puzzles they have set up. You can head over to the planetarium and relax under a starry sky or catch the laser light show. That sounds pretty fun. It sounds like science works only better. Yeah. Better? Well, I don't know. Like Questacon. Different. Uh, There is a featured exhibit that rotates subjects. Uh, The last time I went, it was on the life of Nelson Mandela. They also have smaller exhibits that rotate out. And on my last trip, they had one on the animation studio Laker. Oh, which I think did they they did uh, a film that I watched on uh, Primates. Can't remember something in the something somethings. Ah, something uh, in the the something strings. Uh huh. It was it was awesome. It looked amazing. I think Laker is like a sick animation studio. Anyway, How do you spell that? L A I K A. And I got to see the actual dolls used for their films, such as Coraline and Paranorman. Now, if I haven't sold you on this experience yet, this last item will absolutely will. <laughs> will absolutely Ooh, will. I love that. Exciting. Um, it's practically tailor-made for Jess. Oh, pressure's on now. We'll see. You see, Omzi is right on the river and docked right outside for you to tour on the USS Blueback. A decommissioned diesel submarine from the OMSI website. Get a glimpse of how a crew of 85 lived on the blueback for months, plus peer through a periscope, touch a torpedo, climb a bunk, and much more. Touch a torpedo. Touch a torpedo is so funny. (laughs) What are you doing with that torpedo? Touching it. (laughs) With what? Definitely sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? Stop touching touching your torpedo, Jason. What's wrong with you, Tim? I want to kick the torpedo. No. Okay. Oh. You may gonna, only touch you, it. You must be very flexible to kick your own torpedo. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I don't think you do have to be very flexible. Okay. Everyone at home, stop the podcast and have a go. I'm not flexible enough. Uh, thank you very much, Derek, for that suggestion. I'm I'd doing like, it right now. <laughs> I'd love to get to Portland, Oregon. Mm. Um, go Trailblazers. Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from James Edwards. Okay. Major Catastrophe. Hey. <laughs> James is offering a quote, writing, After my last fact got an on-air um actually from Jess. <laughs> uh, I should see really? What, what, do you want me to see if I can find out what it was? I'll probably forget. Let's see. Here. Get ready to um actually all over again. Yeah. Uh, it was, oh, there are only four words in the English language which end in... Deuce, D-O-U-S. Can you name them? Tremendous, horrendous, stupendous. Yeah, that's right. And you then you just started <laughs> listing off heaps more, didn't you? Yeah. Hazardous. Mostly because I Googled it. Yeah. That is so... That is... I mean, that is a... Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. Can you please try not to um, actually this well, one for we'll once see. in your life? Maybe yeah. do a little, a little of your own fact check and <laughs> then, that's James. Right. Just get it right and we won't have to worry about it. <laughs> but, yeah, go on. Uh, so Hit us with your best shot. This time, James is offering a quote. Oh, it's safe, isn't it? Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you all seem to like George W. Bush's fool me quote. <laughs> you are correct. Can't get fooled again. That is maybe my favorite quote. Can't get fooled again. Uh, he, says, he says the full wording, which is, there's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. 
it's it's even so better. Funny. The extra bit adds to it. Yeah. What a great! I forgot that he he starts out by saying it's an old saying in Tennessee, and then saying, "Well, it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee." Like that's so great. Incredible. That's all fantastic. Um, I feel like if anyone, yeah, I must have so many bushisms of my own that I've done on this show. You know, just. <laughs> Uh, now watch this drive. <laughs> a couple. Uh, James continues. A couple of my other fave Bushisms are they misunderestimated me. Oh, that's good. Also, rarely is the question asked: Is our children learning? <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. That's so good. And my absolute favorite: I know how hard it is to put food on your family. <laughs> It is hard. They're quick. Um, he says, God bless America. Love you guys. Looking forward to seeing Matt and Dave in London. Ah, oh, James, we will have already been. And we're looking forward to that in reverse, which fine. is remembering. <laughs> remembering it fondly. Yes. Uh, so good. Yeah, that watch this drive is up there as well, Dave. That's another classic. I've just looked up the full quote is, um, I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Oh, my God. <laughs> Horrendous. That's fantastic. All right. And uh, next one comes from Kelly Clark, who I hung out with a bit in uh, in Perth when I was over there mm. a month or so back. We went. So on after this first show, uh, she was there with a few other Patreon supporters uh, hanging out. And when I, I came out and had a drink with them, we were chatting, had a great time. Um and then just before the bar was closing up, a glass got thrown. <gasps> and it, it sort of almost, it didn't, wasn't that close to him. It was, you know, like half a meter from my head. And uh, the guy who threw it missed the guy I was aiming at by miles. It was like a fight was almost broken out, but it never really did. Holy shit. Uh, and I was like, it's so nice to get some Perth culture. <laughs> and they all felt, they, you could, they all felt a bit, they're like, oh, this. I'm sorry that you, they were very apologetic for Perth. I'm like, no, I, you know, this, this happens is, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Obviously, hope, ideally, it doesn't happen all the time. But I'm like, it's not the first time I've seen an attempted glassing. But um, <laughs> it's not the first time someone's tried to th- throw something at your head. <laughs> yeah, no. But then um, the, we went to a jazz club up the road. Oh. And I'm like, what a fun, like, uh, difference. What am I trying to say here? Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition, was, sure. Was anything thrown at you at this venue? No. I, just, just smooth ja- jazz. Just smooth jazz. <laughs> there was, yeah, this jazz uh, combo played for the next, you know, we were there for about an hour. It was great. Great. So much fun. Anyway, Kelly Clark, uh, a.k.a. Chief of the Plain Name Clan. Oh, yeah, Kelly Clark Kelly is- Kelly Clark is pretty plain. It's pretty say plain. Say love. But it's also Kelly Clark. It's sort of got that hard-hitting curse yeah. sounds. Kelly Clark. Yeah, well, it still sort the of sounds like a- fun too. Yeah. Cl- it's got a bit of a pop star vibe about it. Okay. Is that because it's very close to Clarkson? Probably, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what my brain was probably saying. Anyway, uh, Kelly <laughs> has a suggestion writing, uh, Kaya Yama from Wajak Nunga Country. Which is, I'm guessing, the Perth, the indigenous uh, name for the Perth area. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to hear an acknowledgement of country as part of the podcast intro. I don't know if it'd be before the theme music or during it. Um, I love this pod, and the only thing it lacks is this. Bloody Whoa. hell, we're just one piece of the wow. puzzle short. Yeah, that is. 
that's the only thing it like I would have said substance. Um, um, yes, or, a- ability like, to edit bad yeah. riffs out. <laughs> ability to form words properly. Yeah, speaking. Remember just before, yeah. and I couldn't think of juxtaposition. Yeah, um, I'm so, sure that that would have been edited nicely down to make me sound pretty quick. Pretty quick. Uh, yeah, just like juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> juxtaposition. You know, like a TikTok voice. Um, yeah, great call, Kelly, and uh, and good timing because. We were we've been looking into that and uh, yeah, kind of considering that for a little while as well. By the time you're hearing this, because we are recording ahead of time, by the time you're hearing this, is probably um, it's it, it would be in the show notes um, at at least. And we're looking into the logistics, the easiest way to slot in an acknowledgement of country. But great call. I don't hear many podcasts doing it just yet, which I would it would be nice to hear more of. But yeah, yeah good suggestion. Yeah, like at the the comedy festival shows, I'll do it. Yep. Or it's a welcome to country rather than a, an acknowledgement, acknowledgement of country. That's right, yeah. The late great uh, Uncle Jack. Yeah. The, the recent ones. Yeah, so I think it's a cool part of it. Absolutely. Um. Uh. Yeah. Is it worth explaining to overseas listeners? Oh yeah, good call. So I mean, uh, an, an acknowledgement of country is, um, you, you'd hear it at the start of shows or at um meetings and stuff in Australia and it would be where people would say we acknowledge the traditional owners on the land of the land on which we're meeting today um you know for us where we record in um in Brunswick we're in Wurundjeri land in Nam Melbourne um but you know there's there's so many different lands and cultures all around Australia which is very very cool that's right and if you if you're not a, a local indigenous person from that country yeah you can't do a welcome to country, but you can do an acknowledgement to country, that's as right. I understand it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, great. Oh, thanks for that suggestion, Kelly. Uh, and yeah, I did. I think I said to Kelly that we we got to go over and do a do go on over there at some point, in Perth. Maybe mm. next year. Were you questioning it when the glass came at your head? But then yeah. you, you were back on board when that smooth jazz I think, overtook yeah. your body. I think maybe that's why they were apologetic. Don't tell no, David yeah, Jess. No. Don't tell him. Because honestly, I please just, still come over. I just cancel my flight. Yeah. Uh, the Hello, fi- Jetstar. <laughs> Is that you? Hello, Tiger. <laughs> what? You're not in business anymore. <laughs> what? Uh-oh. What? 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 I'm under hot. Uh, the final one this week comes from Stephen Edmonds, aka. Provider of an alternative to the Devonshire or Cornish method. Okay. <laughs> what? This is going to be a psycho. <laughs> this is going to be a sloppy mess. <laughs> well, it could be. Maybe it's half-half. Okay. I never thought of that. Maybe, or maybe it's straight up. Oh, Plain. my God. Oh, my God. No jam, no cream. Stephen, if no that's fun. it. There's also the option of... Um, I saw someone talk about it. You just make it, you know, a scone sandwich. Yeah. That way, you know, neither is on top and bottom. You know, oh, right? Okay. Sounds like a coward's way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen's asked a question, <laughs> writing, "Which book has been in print since 1966 and has likely been used by all three Dugan members?" All right. So yeah, I like it. Often the question is, you know, asked. This is more like a trivia question or a riddle. I'm not sure which. It's been in I'm, print. Since I'm guessing it's the it's be something from school, or it's the the Saints Premiership. You know, yep. story. Yep, that would have been used by but all of us. But it's since 1966, but it's not necessarily starting in 1966. No. So it could have been the Bible. Oh. Yeah, well. Guinness Book of Records. Oh. Oh, that's true. What year was the Guinness Book of Records? Could have been that It year. was way earlier than that, wasn't it? 
Dave, no Googling, mate. Look at Dave Googling. First Everyone is Googling, please. I just typed in, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> uh, what about 1966 was the first year decimal country uh, cu- cu- currency came in? <clears throat> yeah. So what book would we have used? Well, book of stamps. <laughs> Before you stamps. <laughs> no, a checkbook. A checkbook. Oh, which I've never used. All right. Do you never used to- a checkbook? Never written a check? I don't think I've ever written a check, no. Let me answer the question. Okay. Cookery, the Australian way. (laughs) Now in its eighth edition and said to be the best and most reliable cookbook ever published for Australian schools. Oh, maybe I have seen it then. Yeah, you've seen it. That doesn't ring a bell. But I didn't. I never did cooking class at school. You incredibly overestimate my abilities to cook. Home ec. Oh, no, I do recognize. Yeah, no, I have seen this book. Now that I'm, I'm Googling a picture of it. I legit have not. Huh. Not, I'm no chef. Though last night I tried to cook um, eggplant parmigiana. And how did it go? Because you said tried. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I cut them up too small and ended up making a casserole. But it was quite <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, it was quite nice. <laughs> Stephen says, I still have my copy, fourth edition. And wow. there is a recipe that I refer to which has these ingredients. 300 grams self-raising flour. Get your pens ready, listeners. Okay. <clears throat> one tablespoon of butter. Mm-hmm. How was it today oh. we were talking about this? Yeah. <laughs> it feels qu- like years ago, doesn't it? A quarter teaspoon of salt. Yep. See, so there's the two teaspoons. Yeah. That's as good. in starting with tea. As, and have they written out teaspoon or is it tea? It is written okay. out teaspoon. Good. Yeah. That's, that helps me. That's Three clear. quarter cup of water. One quarter teaspoon cayenne pepper. Cayenne? Oh, okay. Cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. One quarter teaspoon mustard powder. 80 grams grated tasty cheese. Okay. Rub butter into flour. Mix into dough. Roll and cut into shapes. Bake for 10 to 15 minutes. Savory, Savory. cheese scones. Savory scones. Keep the jam and cream away from these. Uh, not in the book, but a fantastic addition is chopped up bacon, cooked and let to mostly cool before mixing into the dough. Stephen Edmonds. You're a gentleman. You're a squire. You're a scholar. And thank you so much this beautiful uh, trip down memory lane, mm. which is in, just in the far reaches of my brain. Um, so, yeah, cheers to that. I hope someone cooks that at home. Dave, I reckon that's the kind of thing you could cook. That does sound good. You should make that. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Stephen, Kelly, James, and Edward. <laughs> James and Derek. James. James's surname is and Edwards. Edward. Uh, <laughs> Another thing we like to do is shout out to some of our other fantastic Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jess, you normally come up with a bit of a game based on these uh, the episode topic at hand. Yeah, and we're naming their um, 11,000 page book. Oh, brilliant. Based off Cursed Bread. Okay. <laughs> 11,000 page books. All of these people have written them. Exactly 11,000. 11,000. Not, not 11,001. No. And they haven't padded to get to 11,000. No, These have only been published because they hit 11,000 perfectly. Fantastic. That's so good. Uh, and there's a few people I'm looking at. All three of mine are from uh, the address unknown. Well, you've got to assume from deep within the fortress of the moles. Also deep from, from within the fortress of not getting a Christmas card. And I hope, because I think people don't realise they don't have their addresses in. So I think I want to try and mention this a bit more. If you want your Christmas card for next year, 
make sure you go into the Patreon and, and add your address in. You've probably selected, maybe accidentally, maybe on purpose. Mm. Uh, the There's a box ticked to say, please don't send anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but every year we get people saying, hey, I didn't get my Christmas card. I think a lot of the people who don't get them are because they don't realize they haven't put their address in. Anyway, I'd love to thank, firstly, from Address Unknown, it is Katie McCracken. Such a, good Such, name. A Such a great Such name. Such a great name. What is what is Katie's book on? Uh, six bottles of rum and a go kart. Oh, that's actually that's fucking sick, Dave. Thank you. I mean, cursed bread sucks, so I thought they'd be like bad or kind of mm. lame. Titles. Sorry, that's too good. That is. So good. So good. You read that and you go, what is this about? I'm at bare minimum in a bookshop or at the airport bookshop because that's where I love to browse. Yes. Uh, I am picking <laughs> that one up. I'm turning it around. I'm reading that blurb. What's that about? 100%. Mm. Six bottles of rum and a go-kart. That is so good. <laughs> well. Well, what's it about? It's about a really horrific go-kart accident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I should not have been driving. <laughs> As a result of six bottles of rum. Uh, thank you very much, Katie McCracken. That beat out my idea of uh, Scottish egg baking tips. But we, I have, we have like so many more. Oh man, why burn a great eleven hundred page book? Well, I was only because of McCracken. I don't think it'd work for anyone else. Okay, because uh, I went Kraken rum. Yeah, right. I see. We're all going Kraken. <laughs> That's love- great, Kraken. <laughs> I'd also love to thank from address unknown, John Williams. <gasps> As in the composer? Wow. Yes, I always get confused between Williams and Williamson. Which one's the Star Wars guy? Which one is the... Hey, True Blue. <laughs> true Blue. He's a true Australian son. That's who really is it me and you? Williams is the composer. Is it mom and dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is it standing by your mates when they're in a fight? Or will she be right? True blue. Oh, that's so good. So I think that's the title. <laughs> All of, I love it. Or yeah. will she be right? Or will she be right? Or will she be right? Or, Question mark? Or will she be right? I mean, I'm reading that blurb. Maybe just will she be right? Will she be right? Will she be right? Will she be right? Question mark. Yeah. And John Williams won a lot of awards, many Academy Awards. He's also been nominated for a Razzie. Ooh. Wow. But hasn't quite got it. So. Has he been? So he's a nominated Regal, uh, Ergot. Yes, because I'm not sure. I don't think he has all of his. He's, he's won 25 Grammys. Wow. Five Academy Awards, four Golden Globes. And he's had 52 Academy Award nominations, which is second only to Walt Disney. Wow. But uh, I don't know if he's got a Tony. No, he hasn't really gone into the uh, the musical theatre space yet. Yeah. Give him time. He is only 90 years old. Yeah, he can do it. <laughs> if anybody can, it's John Williams. I wonder if John Williams from Address Unknown mm-hmm. is not yet sick of people <laughs> bringing up the composer. Or John Williamson. Oh, yeah, that probably... Depending <laughs> on where which um, <laughs> mole, mole fortress, fortress he's in, he'll either be baffled or sick of that as well uh and finally another mole person <laughs> it's olga prifty olga prifty yeah that's that's a hall of fame name that's incredible olga's already really yeah. good olga you could be olga johnson and that's fantastic incredible but, olga smith yeah. is so good but olga prifty, prifty. holy shit that's elevated to that's so upper good. echelon yeah mm. and that's the name of the book <laughs> Upper echelon. Upper echelon. Yeah. What's it about? 
Oh, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things I can't. Yeah. Um, I can't really tell you much about it without giving anything away. It'd be too much of a spoiler. Yeah. Just, yeah. just trust me and read it. It's a bit like when somebody first suggested the documentary Catfish to me. Okay. They said, "Don't worry about it. Just watch it." And I said, "Wow." That was really? a film. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Now it's a whole series. Upper Echelon's also about catfishing. Matt. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Fucking hell, Matt. Come oh, on. God. I don't know what I did. Edit that. Bleep that out in the edit. <laughs> you will sound so bad if they bleep it. It's, you know, it's it, also about This beep. is about beep. And us going, no, Matt. Oh, you can't Matt. say that. Yeah, leave it in. Don't edit that out. Don't bleep that. <laughs> Whoa, Matt, you can't say that on a podcast. Whoa. Holy shit, it's the 21st century, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, no, please yeah. don't bleep that. I don't have to pull you up on that one, Matt. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Honestly. I, I cannot you- stand idly by. Wow. It's, there's something very funny about bleeping something and making it worse than it is. You know, like. That uh, viral video a few years ago of the count on Sesame Street. Oh. <laughs> but they bleeped out every time he said counting. So it sounded like he was saying fucking. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. That's good. Can I thank some people as well? Oh, that would please me no end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You can't say that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would bleep me no end. Oh, no, oh, man. I would love to thank, again, from deep within the Fortress of the Moles and with no surname, so a lot to work with here, James. Ooh, James. What about Torpedoes for All? Torpedoes for All. I was going to go, don't call me Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) What about Torpedoes for All in brackets, don't call me Jimmy? (laughs) That's good. When you've got two great titles and you can't. We've got his surname in the email address, but he, if he hasn't put it down, we've got to assume he doesn't want us to, right? I would, that's what I usually... Yeah. That's my rule. say James one. S. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've said too much. Okay. Um, we also had a title ready. Sorry. Oh, yeah. We've done it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I loved it. But I was just like... I'm just thinking... I'm, it's such a common name that he'd be like, I wonder if that was me. Yeah, there's, it's no location. It's just yeah. you, Let's James. Let's try and... If there are any other clues we can give him. Okay. Your name reminds me of going. Here we go to the post office. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, vague yeah. enough? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. You yeah, get yeah. James, Jimmy. Yeah. No, don't call me Jimmy. Don't call me Jimmy. Maybe the elephant post office. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we can get too close to the bone here. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Shut up now. Thank you, James. Yes. Um, Mister S. Would also <laughs> love to thank from Pensacola. Oh, I love Florida. The Pensacola. Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. See, that's the opposite of <laughs> Olga Prifty. <laughs> but it's still it's still Anthony a great name. Anthony Brown. A B. I like it. Anthony Brown. Yeah, big fan of that. Florida man, Anthony Brown. Sounds like a quarterback. Yeah, he does. Yeah. There, there are a few Browns. Uh, I think there's a few. There's a whole team. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Anthony Brown, yeah, the big book of uh, big book of Brown, and it's yeah. <laughs> it's a coffee 11, table book. Yeah, every page is a different shade. A little nice. page coffee table book is and, so good. Well, that's like in the shade chapter. Obviously, it's eleven thousand pages. So there's also just 
um, uh, brown things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Trees. There, there are a few pages where, like, you can touch brown fabric and no. yeah, all that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 there is. Yeah, yeah. You can, like, you can feel like, you know, you can you can see brown. brown. It's got a scratch and sniff element to it oh, as well. Yeah, you can smell you brown. You can smell brown. <laughs> I've always wanted to. Yeah. Um, that Beautiful. Was, do you remember the uh, Martin Malloy album, The Brown Album? I remember in the on the CD booklet or on, maybe on the back or in the booklet there was a a page of all br- different shades of brown, <laughs> and then the last one was blue, and it was just said not brown or something like that. That's good stuff. That's good, good stuff. stuff. That's comedy. Um, finally, for me, I would love to thank from London. Oh, Ooh. London! Love to thank Anya Clarkson. Anya Clarkson. Anya Clarkson. Um. Uh, okay. Anya Clarkson, Anya Clarkson, Anya Clarkson, Anya Clarkson. Uh, meditative relaxation. Okay. For dogs. Oh, oh that's good. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and it's meditative if it if that's the real whatever the right word is. Yep, it's that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that's good. And dogs need that. Yeah. They need to chill the fuck Calm out. Calm the hell down. Do you know what I mean? And they love a long book. They love a long book. They love to rip through it. Um, Dave, would you like to thank some people? Hey, I would love to. I would love to thank, from another location unknown, Edward Duffy. Edward Duffy. Duffy. What about six great uses for sticky tape? Oh, that's good. What are they? Just just spoil a couple of them for me. Well, it goes for 11,000 pages. Oh, true, but you've only got six. Yeah, so we're quite detailed. Well, Edward is. Okay. Quite so like wrapping, like wrapping presents. Okay, that's the first six hundred chapters. Um, fixing glasses when they break. Eighty-eight chapters. Um, you fold it over on itself, making a little loop, and then you can use it to stick one thing to another thing. Mm, that's only one chapter, but it is about two thousand pages. Okay. Um, what else can you use sticky tape for? Um, what about you? You can roll it around your face and it makes your face look a bit funny. Yeah, that's fun. Like uh, Jim Carrey did on Yes Man. Mm, yeah. right. I haven't seen it, but I imagine that that's funny. If what I- about if you if you make a frame, and I wasn't listening to anything you've said, so you that's might have said it right, but you uh, you just wrap it around and it sort of makes it like a, a, a makeshift glass for a window. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Great. So that's five. We don't want to spoil the last one. Okay. So obviously, pick up the book, Edward's book. It's about fingerprints. <laughs> Fuck. Well, still, we got. He goes into great detail, so yeah, it's worth it. It's worth the. Um, what are these eleven thousand page books cost? It must be a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, books are per page. Yeah, you pay per page. Yeah. People so pay. like kids' books are so cheap. Yeah. Piece of piss. Seven pages. <laughs> Whatever. And it takes them ages. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> Just read You're a kid, pretty kids stupid. Kids are so dumb. Read, read better. Read faster. Grow up. Uh, Grow up. Grow up. You children. Don't even roll over. Ugh. Idiot. Can't they? Children can't roll over. When they're small. Okay. You think of babies? Yeah. <laughs> what are babies if not children? So you think of... So what, like toddlers and onwards as adults? Pre-toddler, child. No, I'm saying born, child. Yeah. Yes. As soon as you can roll over, fucking Adult. hold a conversation, <laughs> yeah. then you're a peer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're a confidant, <laughs> and I appreciate you. <laughs> but as before you're able to sit at the table and yeah. read the paper, yeah. shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> take a walk. <laughs> I take oh, a walk up a You can't walk, pier. okay. <laughs> 
take a take a long roll off a short pier, okay? Oh, thanks, Edward. Um, you've inspired us. I'd like to thank also from London, and this if this name's real, it's the best one ever. <laughs> Hannah Oblivion. Oh, Hannah Oblivion. Apostrophe Oblivion. That is so good. Hannah, that's amazing. That can't. I'm going to need to see a birth certificate. Yeah, that's Hannah, good stuff. Go get it. Hand it over. Hand it over. Show us what you got. Hannah Oblivion. What about Livian in Oblivion? Fuck Livian yes. Oblivion. You're, you're Auto- on fire today, Dave. <laughs> you're I'm really struggling with my own game, but you're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Auto- doing my own thing at this <laughs> end of the table. Autobiography. Yeah, it might sound like the Matt Smike's gone out of sync, but he is still talking to us. It's <laughs> 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 just going solo. I'm going to my own podcast. What do Autobiography. <laughs> I think that was the thing on the Brown album. There was one track. <laughs> <laughs> he is on his own podcast. He also said, "Do you guys remember the Martin Malloy album, The Brother?" And I said, "No." no. And he just kept. kept there, well, there was one track that you you could um, pan left or right, mm. and you either got a, a sketch by Tony Martin or a, a sketch by Mick Malloy, depending on which side. That's you're... very fun. But yeah. you could put it in the middle and just hear yeah, both at both, the same time. Yeah. That would have been. Yeah, that'd be, if that would be my option. When you're driving in the car and you, you're, you know, you're like, I, c- I can't change the stereo now. I've just got to keep this rolling. <laughs> You'd love the the second track on the album, Dave. <laughs> Mick the clown bracket, no relation. <laughs> you love a no relation. That's funny. Not as much as Elsie Trumbo Virtual though. Mm-hmm. And his new show, Elsie Trumbo Virtual in Elsie Trumbo Virtual. No relation. No relation. Oh, Good stuff. Uh, Hannah Oblivion, you're living your best life. I can absolutely tell that. Thank you so much. And finally, I would like to thank from Wallazie. Wallazy in Great Britain. It is Eleanor Lacey Sloan. Oh, three good names. ELS. That sounds like a character in a Pyro book. Mm. Yeah. Eleanor Lacey Sloan. Yeah. Mm. I like Sloan. Sloan, is that the name of uh, Diagnosis Murder? Yeah, Mark Sloan. Oh. Dick Van Dyke, can you work that in somehow? Can you work in Barry Van Dyke? What are we oh, oh, ba- well, that, our classic game has been turned into a book by mm-hmm. Eleanor Lacey Sloan. Fuck, Mary kill. AKA. Dick Barry Shane. <laughs> Dick. Because uh, Dick Van Dyke's the grandfather, yeah. Barry's his son, and Shane is Barry's son. So it's a game, but it's, it's now on... played over. There's 11,000 pages worth of different scenarios. <laughs> it was you, Dick, Barry, Ooh. and Shane. <laughs> and it comes with a pen, and you get to fill it all in. Oh, like a Sudoku book. Yeah. Come, most Sudoku books don't come with a pen. Wow. That's a little bit of extra added value. Wow. Oh, wow. That's yours to do with what you want in that pen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Eleanor, Hannah, Edward, Anya, Anthony, James, Olga, John, and Katie. And the last thing we need to do is welcome a few people into the Triptych Club. Three inductees this week. Now, if you don't know, uh, people who've been on the shout-out level or above for three straight years get inducted into this famous club. Yeah. Uh, it's a theatre of the mind thing. I'm standing at the door. I've got a velvet rope. I'm about to lift it as I read out these three names off my clipboard. Jess is inside behind the bar. She's normally got a cocktail going. Yeah. Uh, but it's What's actually- the name of this episode, Dave? I think I'm going to call it the 1951 Pont Saint-Esprit Mass Poisoning. Okay. Um, the embarrassing part is, and much like Dave doesn't book these, the bands ahead of time, I, 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 sometimes these are themed, sometimes it's a coincidence. I, I've been doing a bread making course because <laughs> I thought it would be nice for us to all have some nice crusty bread. Yeah. I'd love that. So I've made quite a lot of bread, like too much. 
<laughs> it's enough for everybody, but then like, and then, then like, more. Tr- yeah, it's something to take home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can't leave. Oh. So it's a lot of bread. Oh no. And I am worried that after this episode, they're going to be hesitant about the bread. Come on, it, it wasn't the bread. And great it's- fresh bread also it doesn't it doesn't last well, does it? Well, that's why I need everybody to eat up. Yeah, but have, you have you have your fill. But but I but you know I was like you gotta have something with the bread. So I have put on soup again. But once again, it is far too hot. <laughs> oh no! Yes. So I'm not having a good day. It's just not cooling. It just won't. <laughs> it just won't cool. How long have you been leaving it to cool? Is the lid off? Out what? You can take the lid off to what help. What do you mean? That will speed up the cooling process. No, I've left it on the stove and the boiler goes. <laughs> <laughs> that could be part of the bread. Turn the stove off. No. <laughs> I don't. This is the last time. Did you leave the stove on as well? Of course. <laughs> I thought it was just some sort of a freak soup that couldn't cool down. <laughs> don't call my son a freak soup. <laughs> anyway, bit of fun. Eat up. And Dave, uh, you normally book a band. <laughs> yes, I've actually booked in uh, Real Big Fish. Oh. Getting horny. Yeah, getting a little bit horny. Um, they're a scat band, I yeah. believe. Is that right, Jess? Scat? Yes. Not Scar. Let's Correct. sell out tonight. Uh, With th- me? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, are they gonna what? What are they gonna play? Their full greatest hits? Yeah, absolutely. They've got now one, two, three, four. That song about beer. Ten albums. Yeah, gonna have myself a beer. Gonna do that. Uh, Aha cover. Take on me. Uh, All the best. Yeah, um, that's Be- great. Beer goggles is that one? No, that's um, Lagwagon. Anyway, uh, good stuff. Big, real big fish. They'll be only covering Lagwagon's beer goggles as well. I've heard. Yeah. Uh, so just three inductees this week. Dave's up on the stage now. He's the MC. He's hyping up the crowd. Everyone who's already been inducted is there, chanting along, ready to welcome these three people in. If you hear your name, run on in. And just soak it up. Yeah. Jess is also there to um, keep Dave's spirits up as well. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm absolutely pumped. First up from Address Unknown, Ooh. it's Arvent Hill. Arvent Hill. They said, stop that person. I said, Avant, come on in. As in, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Fuck, he's good. Yeah. Also <laughs> from so Edgbaston, uh, the famous cricket ground in Birmingham in England. It's Jess Perrin. Jess Perrin, who is just two letters away from Jess Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down, my uh, my new favourite Jess. Jess, <laughs> my, new, my new favourite Jess P-E-R. That's bullshit. <laughs> and finally. <laughs> You're supposed to support this. Well, I don't support that one. Finally from Wabash. <laughs> In Indiana, Anna, Indian Nana in the United States, it's Kevin Haggerty. More like Heaven Caggerty. Yeah. I'm in Heaven Caggerty. Welcome in, Kevin, Jess, and Avant. Make yourselves at home. Grab Do not some eat soup. The soup. Oh no, you you well, leave it on Jess the boil. Can. <laughs> Get rid of that other Jess. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode, Bob. Is there anything we need to tell people before we go? That they can suggest a topic over on dogoonpod.com. There's also a link in our show notes. Um, you can find all of our social media at dogoon across Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I think there's a TikTok, but, you know, um, we're old. And uh, that we love them. Mm. That's the other thing. That's for me as well. Dave, better time. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another... 
cracking episode. But until then, I'll thank you. Say. St- <laughs> I thank you. I thank you. And goodbye. Later. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 